It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? Oh, 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 I know, man, I know, but we can't do that for the whole show. That won't work. I mean, we we might as well. No, we can't. We can't. (laughs) Welcome into episode... What a miserable fucking day. It's not great. Um, Welcome into episode number 45 of Jobbing Out. I won't make you guess. I chose that in honor of, uh, it was 45 years ago that the great Howard Finkel was the first employee hired by Vince McMahon Sr. for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. We're going to talk a little bit more about the, uh, the life and legacy of the great Howard Finkel, who sadly has passed away. Uh, later on in the program, Dr. Tom Pritchard's going to join us later on to chat about it, uh, share some of his memories of Howard Finkel as well. We'll do that later on in the show. we got a lot to cover. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. He's Brandon Linton from Ramshead Live. Uh, no AJ this week. Obviously, a lot going on. We just thought maybe um, not the week, and so hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll be able to reconvene with him. Um Look, you know, there's no getting around it. Uh, as Brandon alluded to, obviously, it's just a shitty week. And it's a shitty week, like, for any multitude of reasons, right? It's been a shitty six weeks. It's been a shitty uh, month and a half. And clearly in the professional wrestling world, um, a particularly shitty week because um, it has cost a number of people their jobs um, and a, a large number of people. It's a significant number of people their jobs. Um, I'm going to start, before we get into some of these things specifically, like, let's just go around and sort of say our piece, big picture, and and I'll start, um, my my big picture thought is that I'm not angry, and I, and I, I mean that in the, I'm disappointed, I'm sad for everybody involved. I'm not angry because I do get it. I do get what's going on. I know we can have an hour long conversation about, did you need to fire someone? Does Vince McMahon have the cash on hand that he could simply choose to pay people and try to ride things out and the whole deal? That we can have that conversation, and that's fine. But this is clearly impacting everyone, and no one is immune. Um, we've lost money. We've lost jobs. Everyone is being impacted by this thing. And unfortunately... There's not a whole lot that we can do about that. So I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I I certainly wish that things had gone different for a specific couple of people that were involved with all of this this week. But anger is not the one for me this week. Um, anger is not the one because I do know that there are bigger problems and bigger issues and... I have to be realistic about that, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people have to be realistic about it and and are going through really similar circumstances. So that's my big picture thought. Aaron? I'm largely the same way. I think that if you do want to make the argument that 
it didn't need to happen. I think it's a very valid argument. I think that, you know, you can absolutely make the case for it. Um, at the same time, you know, going back a few weeks, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but it had been a while since we had a really big, you know, spring cleaning they used to call it spring cleaning. Yes. And so I could, you could see the writing on the wall. It was coming at some point. There were a lot of contracts. They've been hoarding talent for a while here. They've been not using talent. Um, you could see it coming. And again, it sucks that it ever has to come to something like this. So if we want to go back to, well, why are you hiring all these people if you, you know, pretty sure you're not going to use them, if you're going to give these big contracts when you don't actually like them just to keep them away? Well, yeah, you can make an argument that this is just, you know, one small block of the why this business model sucks and why Vince McMahon as a business model is predatory. All that stuff, you can make it. So I'm more I'm more sad than angry, but for those who are angry, I think they do have a valid point. Brandon? I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think this is something that's part of, like Aaron was saying, it's part of sort of what happens every few years and exacerbated by what's going on. And, I mean, every company is laying people off. So, like, I think the argument where someone who frankly doesn't know what they're talking about wants to sit here and try to say how much money a company has versus what that means to how they should hire someone. I mean, I just don't, I think there's too many variables at play for them to make a educated statement on that. Um, so I'm not going to make any kind of statement on that. I, I, I'll, I'll just say as part of a company that's dealing with the same kind of things, I think that there's a lot more to think about than someone who may, might want to write a tweet or a wrestling article, uh, wrestling website article about it knows or can think about um, or will think about. So, um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for a lot of these people, but... I'm sad for a lot of people right now. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, like if we're talking performers, I mean, a lot of these people, I'm a little surprised we're still there. Um, <laughs> not to make light of sure. someone losing their job, but I'm, I'm just saying like, I think that if you want to take, if you want to take into account that people are, I don't have to repeat anything. The things that you've read on the internet and the way that people are reacting to this, another way to go the other to the other side of that is that I think WWE was employing a lot of people without the need to um, as well for a long time. Um, so, you know, there's that side of the equation too, is there's a lot of people getting paychecks and not, you know, seeming to do a whole lot. So um, it's, it sucks. But but I, I think the anger thing is a little So there's so there's two things. It's a little played up and it's obvious who it's all coming from. It's who you would expect it to come well, from. Well, yeah. And look, I mean we're all gonna be angry. And I'm gonna get into some other things. Like there's there's something specific that's unrelated to yesterday that I'm angry about, and I'll get to that in a second. But to touch on two things. One conversation that I've had from moment one um, with with some business owners and the community of business owners that I interact with here, um, is that the smaller problem of the two is the actual day-to-day losses. That that's a problem, but it's not as big of a problem as the overarching thing, which is the unknown. Right. Which is the, if we knew, hey, this is the way it's going to be 
between now and insert date here. July I will 1st. say entertainment the uh, the entertainment industry is assuming this could last for up to eighteen months. Of course, that, of course, yes. because when we talk about life getting back to normal, we're also talking about doing that with social distancing. And Brandon, in your world, and um, in other event worlds, you you just can't do that. You cannot sell out a building doing social distancing. And, and when I say that, I, I'm 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 specifically referencing a public appearance made by like the CEO of Live Nation, in which he said they're prepared to last between however long and 18 months of no show. So that has nothing to do with us internally or anything like that. It's specifically based on something that prominent people but, in the business right, have been saying right. publicly. But, but, but specifically, any business owner could say, hey, look, if I can be told my life will go back to normal on this date, and everything will go back to the way that it was. Right, then you can make projections. Exactly right. I can budget, I can plan, I can make projections to get me through to that date. But without that knowledge, I've got nothing. I have nothing to work with. I have only unknown. I can't even run the business because what am I running it for? I I don't know what it looks like. And so the the tangible problem that we all see, right, is that every day, you know, if you're WWE, you can't go out and do shows and you can't sell tickets and you can't blah, 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 blah. That's the tangible problem we all see. The bigger problem that everyone within the business world is dealing with is with no end in sight, with no idea of if you could just tell me, even if it's late, even if you said, hey, November 1st is the date, then I could at least make plans around that. And try to do my best to stretch things out until that date, to make things work, to call on whatever reserves I need to call on. And if you're saying it's a long time, but I at least know the date, then I can work around that. But I have no ability to do that. And that's and, and, the, and the other thing that people don't understand is the difference between a publicly traded company and a company owned by a guy. Like People are still reacting to this like Vince McMahon owns the company and, and all the finances bear on him, right, which correct. we all know that's not true. And there's all different kinds of pressures and barometers and targets and things involved with a publicly traded company that that some like, like just to give you an example, like Live Nation is a publicly traded company. Yep. My company's not. So we are reacting to this in completely different ways. Absolutely. In in Absolutely. some senses we're relate we're reacting in, in very in very broad strokes in the same way, but there are other things going on that are completely different. So right. there are things the same that, thing is, is here is like people are like, well, Vince has money. It's different. It's not it the same. You it know, is, it's, yes. it's just a uh, lot different. And that, that's not, I don't want to make that up. Like, I'm not saying that there's nothing more that Vince personally could do. Maybe there is, but you're absolutely 100% right that that is a significant difference in this conversation. The other thing specifically in talking to a lot of people in the wrestling world over the course of the last week um, is is that and it's interesting to see when you refer to some of the names that were actually among these these cuts this week um i think this is where you feel the biggest hit from the loss of house shows specifically and that yes there's still money that you can be made from your tv deals and and advertising although that's taking a hit too but specifically when you say the roster had been bloated well at times you you need the roster a little bloated because somebody's got to work these house shows yeah, I was just gonna say, like guys like Primo and Epico and Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins were like full time house show wrestlers. Correct. Yeah. Um, that that was frankly their business for what it's worth. And with with not only no house shows now, but again, no house shows for the foreseeable future. 
you kind of are left at a place where you say, for certain people, why, why, what can we have them do? And for for others, you'd say, well, they probably should have been on TV. You've really fucked up, and we'll get more into that. <laughs> right, um, of course. But specifically, for a lot of the guys that we're talking about, their business, their existence is predicated on the need for house show talent. That there are certain people that don't wa- work all shows, or there are certain people that don't work any shows on the house show circuit. Um, and there are certain people that, that that is what they do. They are WWE house show performers. Or, um, or, or like main event before raw correct right and, and by, but but right. i mean keep in mind those aren't happening so <laughs> there's no need to do you know dark matches before a t- uh, raw to no people you know i don't know if there's still any international um deals they're obligated to well they, they might be but yeah. I'm, I'm you know right correct i yes. don't want to speak from a place of knowledge but my right. guess is that if you in general you're, show, you're not getting the kurt hawkins feud correct. Uh, right. in correct. these empty arenas correct. exactly like if they are doing main event i guarantee you half of it is pre-recorded you recap stuff all right, so I think we're all kind of in, in similar places for this, and um, it gets us obviously to the, the bigger conversation that I want to have is about, well, look, I, selfishly, I am really sad that No Way Jose never found any footing, and I'm not <laughs> saying that in a way that like I think No Way Jose should have been a star. I'm saying that in a, I think No Way Jose could have been a functional part of your professional wrestling program for a long time, and you really—he was also on TV like a lot. He was, like, but he was even regu- recently. <laughs> and but they were regularly going to that. And I you know a lot of people brought up the fact that they literally had him fly into Orlando this week, uh, right? And then and then fire him. And that's not that's that sucks. But well, they let him wrestle a match first. Uh, correct. That is sort true. of. <laughs> um, look, I'm bummed about that. I think there are ways to use No Aoze, and that's a bummer. The bigger conversation, and this is one where I don't know how much of this is related to the moment versus how much of this is related to a bigger issue that existed. And it's the thing where I sent you guys a message that said, and I mean this, I think one day we're going to have this conversation in a decade. And when we think about the all time great misses in WWE history, I don't know that it's crazy to say that Rusev won't be if, if not at the top, a top three to five conversation that we have about, how did you never make this work? I, I can't think of one big, bigger. I, I can't think of one. I can one. think of a... I mean, it depends what your definition of making it work is. There there are some guys who I, I'm still to this day stunned that they didn't push for one reason or another. Uh, Sean O'Hare is one, has always been near the top of that list because he seems to have everything that Vince ever wanted and it always stunned me. That he didn't do more, but um, yeah. But did I, Sean O'Hare get like arena wide chance? He was really, really over when they gave him the chance I mean, to be not, really, really not, over. They was, just never was, really gave never, him that chance. No, it no, wasn't. It was Rusev never like day, this. No, but but he never really. Anyways, but that that's kind of beyond the point. Yes, he's definitely among them. And it's funny. I was thinking going back to like one of the first episodes of this podcast. I come out and I say, it, it struck me. That besides John Cena, and this is right when, you know, in, in Rusev's first year on the main roster, I said, Rusev has a better grasp of crowd control than anybody short of John Cena on the roster. This was five years ago. This was early on. And the fact that that never went farther is so incredible. Well, it's the combination of all of it, right? It's the it's it's one thing if you just happen to have a gimmick that gets over for a minute, but 
you know, you're not a great worker or you don't have the right look or whatever. This is literally someone who checked every fucking box you could ever imagine yes. for a professional wrestling superstar. This is a great worker who has a perfect look, who's wildly over with the crowd, has a tremendous gimmick, check, 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 check. And yet still, it just never <laughs> happened. Uh, by the way, his wife is also there, and his yeah. wife, despite some wrong turns and things, there's value in her on screen as well. 100%. Um, look, I, you know, there's always the world in which there are things that we don't know about that play a role in the decisions that are made, but I, I can understand why it doesn't work for some guys. Like, we can all sit here and say, look, we love this guy, but if we're being truthful, we get it. Like, we get... We know how the WWE operates. They didn't look a certain way. Or, you know, they were a really good wrestler, but frankly, they were only okay on the mic or something along those lines. I'll never understand this. And look, it's not as if Rusev didn't have a good run in WWE. Let's be clear. Rusev was yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, a perfectly nice run. Yes. I mean, like. But it should not. But with what he had, it should have been much more. But I, I compare him. Now, this guy's still there, but I compare what happened. And, and and when I say this, it's it's equally inexplicable. Like I compare what happened to Rusev to what happened at a time for Cesaro, in which these were two guys that were getting over with the crowd, and they purposely killed it. And I don't understand why they did either the, with either guy. Well, and again, this is going to be you know again not a apples to oranges comparison because he didn't check off all the boxes. But when we're talking about you know killing it. Zack Ryder, who just got let go, they intentionally killed his push. Right, but again, there's a, we understand. No, well, that one, that right. one. I'm just saying that, like, this I'm not, is look, just another example of WWE intentionally killing right, pushes. Right now, and, but again, one of them, while I disagree with, I get right. Like, I get what went wrong with Zack Ryder. It's, you can look at the guy that's in charge. I understand. Right. I don't. I'll never get this one. <laughs> I'll never in a million years understand it. This, this, like, is, this is, it's not just sabotage, it's suicide. It's, you're purposely rooting against yourself. Um, you can make the argument that Zack Ryder did not have the type of look that would ever make him a star of stars. I would probably right. push back on it a little bit and say, I don't think he's that far off from some guys that have gone on to be stars of stars, but okay, I'll listen. Especially in 2010, 2011, well, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, start, from when it started to now, two different worlds. But right. yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Correct. Um, but this one, I, I, I don't get it, man. I just, I'm just left perplexed. I'm perplexed at every turn um, about, about how someone who was so good at everything, at everything, um, it just... I, it just never happened. By the way, moment. let's add to this. Okay, so obviously he, he was over as a heel. The Cena thing, similar to Bray, sort of put a yep. roadblock there. Then this Rusev Day unbelievable accident was so over. <laughs> I mean, like, it was so <laughs> insanely and over. The, and the amazing then, thing wait, then they kill that. Then they stumbled into this goddamn mess that they started last year, and that was over. <laughs> that was that mess of an angle right. that they 
booked week to week that they had no idea where it was going and no idea how to end it, even though they're trying to right now. That was over! <laughs> he, he was one of those few guys, and Eddie Guerrero was one of those guys, who got nothing but terrible stories. He was involved with more oh terrible goodness. stories than oh most people. Don't forget, this was the second time they broke him up with Lana. When he went with Summer Rae and Lana went with Dolph Ziggler. Oh, right. And somehow he made that work. The other part, the Lana-Dolph part, didn't work at all. But the Rusev-Summer Rae part was great because Rusev was great. And the amazing is like, they kept trying to kill him every single time. And he would go away for a bit. The crowd would cool on him a bit. And then as soon as he came back on TV, he found a way to get the crowd behind him. It didn't matter what. It didn't matter how many times they... I won't use the term buried, but just kind of shat on him. He would come back, and this is so rare. Eventually, we give up as wrestling fans. You tell us no enough times, we give up. Right. We never really gave up with Rusev. Nope. Well, because he was wonderful. Because he was everything. Because he literally represented what we wanted. Um, and a combination. That's the part of it, too. Like, again, it's a combination. It's not... This isn't Daniel Bryan. Like, this is... This should be your guy, and he's our guy. <laughs> like, what? What is? What is the disconnect here? What are we missing out on? Um, I, I, I'll be perplexed by this for an eternity. Um, I don't, I don't know. Again, because my, I, based on what we have been hearing for months leading up to this, I, I don't think this one was really out of the blue. I don't think this was as you know. There's a reason he wasn't on WrestleMania. Correct. Um, oh, no, he, uh, this. I mean, we had we had heard rumors a long time ago that he asked for his release, and that was before the. Well, we're still on Rusev, right? Yes. I didn't have yeah, a yeah. Oh okay. yeah, we're, we're, I mean, he w- he presumably asked for his release four or five months ago. Um. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds that sounds right about the right time. And I don't know if he's the type that just wants to run and do more. You know, wrestling or is I. I I, I don't know enough about Rusev to know if he's just not the type that says, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I could just try to get in. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen me. I could probably get into acting. I could probably get into doing other things. Um, I, I, I'm not the type that would be willing to go to a VFW hall, even if that was an option right now. Like, I'd just probably pass on all that. Um, Though he doesn't need, well, at least when everything gets semi oh, back to if, normal right, if, he's not going to need to go to a VFW hall. he's not going to need to you say that in the context like he could just go to AEW immediately and i don't disagree I, with I, that. I don't even necessarily mean AEW i just or mean Japan, that everyone's right, going right. to line up yeah for sure him. sure but he, most of those places still involve an amount of like in order to make your living you have to go do some some indie gigs you know like there's there's still not a lot of guys that work even Japan that don't have to do their share of indie appearances too, um, in order to get their money or the money that they're comfortable with, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. My gut tells me that, like, yeah, he could do that if he so chooses. But look at the fucking guy and tell me why he wouldn't be someone that Hollywood talent agents would say, "Can we talk to you a little bit more? Can we see if that's something?" I'm not trying to pretend like he's going to be. John Cena or he's going to be a, a the rock I'm saying like I feel like he has the type of look with just enough of this ability that he could legitimately be someone that you cast as a bad guy in a billion movies for the rest of time he could be Batista potentially absolutely he could be Batista 1000% he could be Dave Batista um, I mean I, 
I, I don't. I was gonna say I think he could be more than that, but you know, again, there's there's probably a level of. He could be something different than that that right. might have a bigger upside. Right. Something. Along My point that. is that if, if Batista got over and largely he started out in that way, the bad guy here and there, right? Like, right. He so, has everything that he checks all the boxes Batista checked. A hundred. A hundred percent. So I I wouldn't be stunned if that would be a path for him down the road, but. Who I will think about this for an eternity. I will for an eternity think about what could have been, why it wasn't the whole deal. There was one other person on this list that was a, like Rusev was a surprise if he hadn't asked for his release. Like if I didn't know that part of it, that to me would have been a little surprising that he's on this. The other one is Eric Rowan. That's the, sur- that's the one surprise to me. I don't even. I was count pretty him. surprised that he was on that list, considering how much TV time they've invested in him um, over the course of the past six months or so. It's it's beyond six months, though. If you think about Probably it, a year, a, right? Ever year since he pl- came out with Daniel Bryan, when, and when even was that? before that, they always, you know, because think about it. He was blood- gone for a while before. Well, he was he was injured, but it was right. the blood like. He, Here's the thing about Rowan. He was never not on TV, you're right, when right. he was like, healthy. They very clearly liked Rowan. They had no idea what to do with Rowan, but there was very clearly, probably Vince, someone in that room who was like, we need to do something with Rowan, because he was always in something relatively high profile. It might have been silly and high profile, but there were always segments or teams or storylines or whatever built around him. There's a reason that he was involved with Roman Reigns more than they just wanted someone for Roman Reigns to to beat the reason it was him specifically is because there's someone in that room going to bat for him they very clearly liked rowan so this surprises me and it makes me wonder if it was more of a raising my hand i'll take a buyout thing yeah because otherwise it's very very surprising i mean there's a part of me that wonders if there was ever you know like a if if you and i don't know how much money he made right so like you know these are all parts of the things that i don't know yeah it's surprising i don't disagree with that but is there a level at which you say there's maybe a limit to what they believe that Rowan could do? Um, if they were never, l- l- I'll make a comparison. If they never fully believed that, you know, Brody Lee, Luke Harper was going to be a top star, do they feel like there was maybe a cap for what they were able going to, going to be able to do with Eric Rowan down the road? Well, sure. I mean, there's a cap with most of these guys on the roster. I mean, only, only a, a small percentage of the guys on the roster are ever going to be what you would consider a I, I, main event I, talent. I, I, that, I think you're separating two things. I know that part's true, but I mean, just in looking at them and saying, like, I, today, right, um, well, everybody would say that about Austin Theory, right? Um, but, let, you know, we can put a bunch of names. Is there a reason specifically why Angel Garza couldn't be a top professional wrestling star? No. But that doesn't mean he's not going to be, right? Right. Or that he's going right. to be. I, I think there's a separate thing here where I think that that some guys, they could look at and say, we just don't think that, that it's ever going to go more than just you being a guy here. Um, and and but, st- but I think there's a lot of people you could say that. I, I was going to say, name, like, Rowan, name, based, name, again, based name solely them. on how they've used him versus how they've used other people, and the fact that, you know, again, we don't know the contracts. We don't know right, if there were correct. four months left on his contract, right. and maybe they were just like, but, okay, we'll just get out but in I'm front saying, of this. Name, name, the other, can... name the other guys who you think that they would look at and say there's a cap to. Robert Roode. Robert Roode, I mean, the Viking Raiders. I, I wouldn't compare. Um, I, again, there's two different things. You just said a tag team. There's, always a li- there's never a limit on what a tag team can do. 
There's not. Like, if you if they're willing to do it. Now, they don't fucking care about the tag team division. That's a bigger <laughs> right, problem. Right. But there's no limit to what you could run a tag team for a decade. Um, and they, they do in some circumstances. We're getting to that point with the Usos, right? Like, we're getting to that point with they have done that successfully with a number of teams. So they got a bigger tag team problem, but it's different comparison. Robert Roode, by look alone, shouldn't be that guy. And I would say I would have said the same thing about EC3, which is a, such a fucking bigger miss that, you know, we can have that conversation in a minute um, just because they literally never even gave him a chance, which is insane. Um, but, but Robert Roode, by look alone, there's nothing that says you couldn't be a top star. Rowan, unless, unless it's been something that's been forced upon him, his look, his look says how many fucking superstars have looked like him over the years? Um, I guess if you're talking about the kind of crazy, there there are a few when you're talking about top star. He could have been a top heel. If you, if you want to say he's in like the King Kong Bundy mold of kind of looking weird, but being a top monster guy. Right. It's a small group. It's a really yeah, small group that's, that's, that's done that. And again, it's not, this is not a knock on Rowan. I'm not, I don't want it to sound that way because Elias I, is probably in that category. Well, the way that they've used him, certainly. The way that they've used him, they've penciled him in that he has but to. But nobody be. that looks like him has really been. I mean, I guess, I guess if you if you if he loses, you know, thirty-ish pounds, he's Seth Rollins. But but the kind of chunkier, like lumberjack-looking guy, never really. And would we be all that stunned if Elias at some point was on one of these cuts down in the future? Like I. Right. It, I, I first, you know, go, going through it, you know, you, you ha- can throw out guys like Shorty G, members of the Lucha House Party, whatever, you know. Heath Slater. Like, yeah. Well, Heath well, Slater is gone. That's, that's yeah. right. But that's well, what, was the B team still there? Yes. Uh, the B team. Well, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think Yeah, yeah Bo, Dallas, Bo-, Bo Dallas is there and Curtis Axel. And how much, that, is still there. how much of that is related to, you know, familial obligations that, like, well, they they furloughed uh, his dad. They did furlough Mike, but that's you know it's a different. Actually, like, I've got the perfect it's far person, different and they're actually pushing someone. this person right now inexplicably. Inexplicably, I can't explain it, but they're pushing this person, and the person is Tamina. Well, again, but that goes back to the family thing, right? Like, yeah, now, I know, but and, she and, is well, like the female Eric Rowan. Well, especially coming off of yesterday, and we had that conversation when Snuka died. We know why Tamina is there, right? <laughs> like, like hard facts. So, you know, again, I'm not, and I'm not trying to, I don't want any of this to sound like it's a knock on Eric Rowan, who I do think is great, right? Oh, I think, but, I think he proved himself to, I was really impressed with the difference between him this past run and his original um, debut run with the Wyatt fan. I mean, you could tell this guy worked his ass off and he was a hell of a lot better in the ring than he had been. Um, I, that's why this just kind of surprised me because it seemed like a guy they, I don't want to make everybody laugh by saying how to plan for because <laughs> they obviously don't have a plan for, for a lot of people, but you know what I'm saying? They saw they, something in him. Someone that they, liked him. Yeah. Someone important was, liked him. He was getting an awful lot of TV time and he was getting an awful lot of squash matches. Um, so it would be like the equivalent of like, if tomorrow they cut, you know, uh, uh, God damn it! Who's been doing all the squash matches? Now I can't even think straight. There's so much going on. Well, Alistair Black. Yeah, if they just cut match. him all of a sudden or something, you know. But I, obviously, there's a lot more upside in Alistair Black. Right. But like, 
you know what I'm saying? Like some guy the that they're... Is, he's he's gotten more TV time than about 75% of the roster. <laughs> yeah, so but... to which which you can't say about anybody else on that list including the club. Um right. this is the guy who had the know. most I, TV I mean, time of any okay, of these wait, people. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Wait. I would actually we say need that's to add them to the surprises though. That that was very it's not surprising. A, it's no, not a I'm surprise not, to I'm me because, simply because I don't think they ever liked them as yeah. a tag team. They liked him as AJ Styles' buddies to an extent. If you yeah, notice, but considering the, what they just did, <laughs> but I mean, if, like, if you think about it, he wasn't. They weren't. You know, they were a secondary part of that match. They were the tag. If you really think about it, substantial role though. I I understand that, but if you think about it, just think about how they've used them since they've come here. They've. Oh, they, I know. They've yeah. You're and right. even even when they're part of the club, which everybody loves, like if you think about it, AJ Styles would at, was at his biggest. They pushed him the most when he wasn't part of the club. He got his title runs as a single star, not as part of the club. When he was the club, he got some cool stuff, that's for sure. But I don't think they, again, someone in there didn't view the club as main event level. And you know, again, it's almost a way to keep AJ relevant yes, when he didn't have the title. Exactly, and especially when we're pretty sure, based on how much they initially, or, you know, the reports on how much they initially signed for, plus re-signed, they're a team. I'm pretty sure we're making a lot of money, and I think that there were a lot of people in that room, or again, one big person in that room who didn't like them. Yeah, I, I don't and look, and I think that that one big person doesn't give a shit about anything that you've done ever before in Japan, and doesn't give a shit if you're a star somewhere else and people like you, and it's irrelevant is, to that. Person. Which is really dumb because, like, I, I mean, I know we don't have to rehash this, but I just do want to make the comment that like they go out of their way to sign the people that get over that way, and then say none of it matters. It's a very <laughs> weird. Uh, combination of reactions like hey this guy's so good because of this that we want to sign him but that it goes sucks. it goes back to the hoarding comment i made right off well, the bat it's, but it's a little WWE bit wwe doesn't right. care about using him they care about hoarding the talent. but it's a little bit about hoarding it's also there's the the, you know, the right hand left hand thing which becomes a problem too right like there's somebody who thinks that that's someone that's really worth signing and really pushes for them but then the person who makes the final decision says i don't give a fuck about that that, that you know, I I wasn't the one that was pushing to sign them. I I never cared. Um, that there is the the left hand right hand thing. I think is equally as important, and that goes to you know other issues that we talk about with like, hey, why has there never been an, a tag team from NXT that's ever worked on the main roster, right? Like when we have some of these conversations, the the left hand right hand thing continues to be a massive problem at all times now a massive problem as we're all reminded they got a billion dollar television deal blah 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 blah. right like a massive problem in context um but there's that's a real issue right like why why would you have ever signed these guys if you didn't believe in how good they were and what they had done in other places mattered well the answer is because one person thought there was somebody that we had to sign and they were stars and the other person that was making final decisions just frankly didn't feel that way about them kind of the end of the story unfortunately kind of the end of yeah. the story i i mean do, do we just want to go over like I, I i do think there's a couple other small absolutely surprises here okay so drake maverick i think a little bit of a surprise but not really um do you guys agree disagree if you were in the 24 7 division it, it wouldn't surprise me outside of our truth right Ryder and hawkins didn't surprise me Anderson Gallows a little bit. Heath Slater, no big surprise. 
Eric Young, obviously, no surprise there. Rowan, a little bit of a surprise. You know what? Here's I want. I want to have. I want to. I just want to. I just want to have my EC3 conversation for a second. Yeah, well, and let's do the EC3 and Drake together because that was so obvious. Um, the EC3 thing is, it, it, is all, it, like I almost feel like this is where as as there, there's the um, the cynic in me. That that almost feels like this was a setup, right? <laughs> like I that, think it's reasonable that somebody went to him and said, "Would you have a problem with us signing um, EC3?" And Vince said, "No, go, you know, a young man. We'll give him up to the whole deal, right?" And they said, "Who the and, fuck is EC3?" No, and then purposely was doing this yep. to say, "But we're going to sabotage him when we get the chance." Yeah, it, it's um, I don't want anybody who was big in TNA here. Right. That specifically, if that's where you made your bones, I'm going to fuck you. And when I get the chance to do it, I'm going to do it. Um, so he gets a huge push in NXT, and then the moment that he ends up somewhere else, this guy who again has everything is a star is a superstar there is everything to like about ec3 gets completely ignored i mean as if he didn't exist now i'm saying this this is i'm not i don't i don't think that i actually believe that that's what happened here and my guess is my guess is it's more like a i just don't care than it is about purposeful sabotage but if you're a conspiracy theorist this to me is the ultimate example of a time, and I, I, Aaron, you can compare it to Drake Maverick and the fact that he came the same way. But let's not pretend like Jake, Drake Maverick. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not comparing it. I'm just saying that right. put those two together. Right. I understand. They were stars together. I understand. Put them together. I, un- I understand. But EC3 alone, if if he just walked in on day one and I and you said, hey, this guy's never wrestled before. His name's Joe James. And that that everybody in that company sees what that guy looks like, what he's capable of doing, um, his unbelievable talent. He should be at at like at the least a star, at the most a star of stars. He was never even given a shot, and that makes you wonder about. God, I can't help but think, you know, like you can't help but wonder if there's an amount of purpose. Didn't, didn't he sabotage. do something to shoot himself in the foot, though? Like he, right at the end of his big push, didn't he do something stupid? He didn't get a big push. What what push are you talking in about? In NXT, I, I mean, his he, NXT push. He got promoted. He was part of that group of six that they called up. Like the end For of his no NXT, reason. The end of his NXT push was no. They, that's what I'm saying though. But around the time that he was on NXT every week, he did something stupid and got in trouble. Did he not? I don't remember that I at all. The only stupid thing I remember is there were moments in the 24-7 where it seemed he w- might have been going off script a little bit or overly, you know, like he was doing the thing where he looked like he was upset at coming out of the ring a couple times, but that was well beyond, you know, him being pushed. Well, I thought that was part of his character. I mean, See, you know, like... there, there was question on whether that was part of his character or him just kind of having a rib, basically. There, there was questions yeah. about that. I mean, well, okay. anyway, I e- either way, I think that you know it goes back to when they used to just bring got like a whole bunch of people up from NXT with no seemingly no reason why or no well, rhyme or reason. Like it never ended well. That's definitely. I, I can't of think problem. of one guy that that's benefited. Um, I mean, Alistair Black's looked okay. You know, like he he's looked okay now, but again, he right, it's floundered. Yeah, he's talked about it. He right. floundered for no, eight he definitely months. Took a while. Right, and Ricochet is losing tag team matches. I mean, I mean, like, 
who else was yeah, a part yeah. of that group? Um, I, I mean, okay, well, aside from who was a part of that group, let's just list off people that seemed oh. to be doing okay and then got called up. No Way Jose, um, Apollo Cruz, who all of a sudden is apparently the next Jinder Mahal or whatever. But, um, you know, there's a lot of guys like yeah, that. Yeah, we, just we, like, we can list off the There was no reason to call them up. They could have just left them in NXT. It didn't right. make any sense. No, I, I mean, look, it's been a problem. There's no question. Again, Ty Dillinger, right? And that, but that's also back into the left hand, right hand thing that we've been talking about, right? Like, there's also the um, we'll do this, but I don't really know what I'm working with. Just give me a guy. Well, who's this guy? I don't give a shit about this guy. You know, like there's a bigger problem there. But they they ran two months of promos for this group of performers. I mean, it's it's been okay for Nikki. Oh yeah, that's the one where they did the commercial, dude. They for, did it for yeah. months. About was it, it was Lars, it was, EC3, it was Lacey. Heavy, heavy Machinery, Lacey. and Nikki Cross. Right? Yeah, Nikki That's Cross was part of it. Yeah, it was well, Nikki Was Was Gargano and Champa? Because remember, no, they came was, up for a couple weeks. That, that and was then, just a random no, Monday thing. They just showed up people on that Monday. weren't on the show. They were just showing a commercial. The, for, but they, yeah. they weren't actually on the show For two yet. months, and I, it was two oh. females and four males. It was Nikki and Lacey. It yeah. was EC3, I think you're right about Lars, and Heavy Machinery. I think those were the oh, six. Oh, right. Heavy Machinery was in it. Right. right. Yeah. It was those six they ran commercials for for two months. Now, again, it's worked out okay for Nikki so far. Like, she's definitely been a part of programming and, you know, has been involved. And while it's been weird at times, like, she, they've they figured out pretty good uses for Nikki for the most part. Um, Lacey's was, okay. I mean, oh, boy. Um, she's hanging on by a thread, but it's okay. It's yeah. okay. But they are using her. Yes, right. They're correct. using her. Correct. Right. And it's obviously been quite good for heavy machinery, right? Like, yeah. you know, frankly, let's, let's be, I think Again, that, it, it took them a while. It took them I don't a while. know if I'd credit it to the well, way the they came in. The Mandy thing but, saved heavy machinery. Yeah, probably yeah. true. But if we're being honest, did we, any of us think that heavy machinery was going to have, be like this far? No. You know, like. No, I, I never thought we'd care this much about Otis. A thousand percent. So I, I would mean, they were really over at NXT. Okay. But they were, as, as, as I always a, said it, correct. and I meant this in a compliment, they were house show over. Right. They were yeah, the yeah. team, we, they we were the team you put out first. Right. They get the crowd riled up. I didn't. They were like a better working bushwhackers. Yeah, they, I did yeah. not expect them to be legit WrestleMania moment. Correct. Right. Would have never yeah. expected that for Heavy Machinery and the Lars thing. Who knows what would have happened, right? Like, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what will happen? Yeah. God, boy, that's terrifying, don't you? Um. So I'll just this one in particular is one that'll be. Wait, struggling. that guy's still under contract. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay, that's a little. I mean, but there also might be like it might very well be that like because he went into... because he's a mental health issue. It's a sticky. Yeah, they, they, they don't. They yeah. don't. Yeah, and that could be part of it too. Um, uh, quickly, let's go through the rest of the list before we get a break. Brandon, all right. Sorry, my mute button got stuck. Ah, okay. so okay. So the rest of the list was um, we said he's Slater, Eric Young, no surprise, Rowan, a little bit of a surprise. Here's my next, somewhat like. I was like, oh, Sarah Logan. I was a little yeah. surprised by yeah, that, you know considering what? they just retooled her. She looked like she worked her ass off while she was off TV and had been using her fairly regularly. Um, so I, 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 look, you know, I've always, I, I, I think really highly of Sarah Logan. I think. I, 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 that, it, you're right about that one. It one's a head scratcher for me. That yeah, it's, a little, it, it's one of those. If for whatever reason they felt they needed to release a woman, she was 
arguably the low person on the totem pole. Well, no, yeah. that one's coming. I mean, she's she's not. There's she's not far off, but there's the, the low person on the totem pole is coming. Right. Well, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> no way, Jose, which didn't really surprise me, but it was unfortunate. It's a bummer. Mike Chioda, I was a little surprised oh by. Everybody was. Everyone was surprised. Every. I mean, yeah. he's been there literally since the '80s. Like it's it's stunning that he was gone. But again, you start if it's just purely a dollars and cents. He probably made a lot more money than the other referees, and you can st- start to do the math there. But again, I can't imagine how he was making that much compared to the superstars. So, right, um, Mike and Maria Canales, no surprise there. That was snake bitten from day one. Um, for whatever reason, they resigned them. I don't. I couldn't tell you why. And that's not knocking them. They just didn't do anything with them. You I saw someone tweet out, Mike Canellis got uh, $500,000 from Vince to show up, go to rehab, get clean, have two kids, and then go on his way. He's my hero. Now, if that was now, if that could have been by design, and if that's the case, then good for everybody. You know, <laughs> like if... Because I guess, you know, Maria has been a friend of the company and they might have known whatever situation. Who knows? They're known for doing, for helping people through things like that. Um, At least recently, they've been known (laughs) for it. Uh, EC3, we just talked about Aiden English. I mean, Um, it's look, this is where we have the conversation about I, I. I will eternally not understand what's happened to tag the tag division. I will eternally not understand how it is villains were so over but but it's every single one every single tag team has failed now i know there there are different reasons for for different situations right like um you know american alpha you dealt with the fact that jason jordan got hurt but they were no they broke him up they they put him up well before he got him up before that he was kurt angle's son at the time but the idea the idea being that you could bring them back together at some point but like no they had split him up beforehand um, same thing about Enzo and Cass, right? Like you could say, hey, well, you know, some shit happened with Enzo. Well, they had split him up before that. The um, they could have done that for, by the way, they could have done that forever, and I don't care what anybody says. They could have done Enzo and Cass forever. The breakup is what screwed it up. Oh, man, I know. I know. Well, I mean, it would have – it still <laughs> – if the same circumstances played out the way that they did, there still would have been problems if they had <laughs> well, kept them together. Sure, I'm just right. saying. I hear you. Prior hear to you. all that, um, they, they screwed it all up prior to that. Correct. I will eternally never understand why you cannot translate an NXT tag team to the main roster. And by the way, let's be fair fair about it. By far and away, Enzo and Cass are the most successful because at least you got a good year out of it. At least you got the better part right. of a of a year out of it. You could um, add the revival to that. As, who yeah, were released right. last week. hundred percent. Like and I will I, I we'll talk about them at the end of the segment here. I will never in my life understand how this is not working. That you are pumping out and now I guess you're just giving up on tag teams in NXT, maybe because yeah. they're getting the message, hey, we don't give a shit about them. We're not gonna use your tag teams. But like there's been a billion of them. It's been frankly some of our favorite parts of NXT over the years. And not a one has translated to the main roster. Um, we're getting to the point where Heavy Machinery might end up being the one seed, might end up being the all-time most successful tag And team. here's the thing. They're not successful as a team. Exactly right. It's Otis. It's exactly all Otis. 100% right. 100% <laughs> right. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Okay, the rest are EC3. Oh, we said eight in English. Okay, here's my other surprise. Leo Rush. 
I well, was surprised. By I was that. not surprised that only because there've been so many rumblings about him. Um, Other than that, you know, like trying to force the issue and um, look at talent alone. Jesus Christ! I mean, right? You know, like, I, Leo Rush is a superstar. Um, when and I don't know, I don't know to the extent that he was what, what they considered a problem. But if that's true, they fucking turned right back around and gave him more opportunities right. afterwards. So, look, I, I think ultimately Leo Rush is going to be fine. I think he's going to be somebody that once we get into the world where there's money to be spent, somebody's going to choose to to try to, to to grab him and make him a star again. But, yeah, I mean, a guy... That's, a that's guy just that, the... That's the and, and what you say, I, I do, I do want to get to this a little bit, is that the really sad thing about it is for so many of these guys, I'd be not celebrating this because you don't want to celebrate it, but you know that so many of these guys are going to get whatever chances they want and are going to be superstars outside of it because they did release so many talented people. The problem is they might be without a paycheck for a year, for 18 months. Correct. Correct. That's the really, really sad frustration. None of these companies can sign anyone right right now. I mean... if, if and if any of them could, it's WWE. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're in a much better position than any of these other companies are. I mean, I think you know AEW aside, the other companies were like surprised can still be on TV half the time. You know, well, Ring of Honor isn't. New Japan isn't. Right. Right. Like, they, have, they, they have no revenue stream at the moment. Like no right. real revenue stream at the moment. Anyway. Right. Um, and, and and AEW is beholden to. However much money the Khan family decides to lose on a wrestling company, right? Well, not in which the, not totally, well, no, because no. they they do have the TNT right. deal coming and, in, and TNT just decided to buy in for the second show, so TNT is clearly a legit partner in their process. Well, well, I'm saying as long as they can operate, as long as they can film well, yeah, shows, as yeah, long as right. and for now they can, right? But like, I mean, well, as long as Florida is open for business, they can do it as long as they want from Florida. Well, and there's other states that are saying they're going to be open for business, and as we've said all along, there's an amount right. of money that will certainly, you know, be willing. Their their problem was not. Florida, their problem was specific to the location. Their problem was right. the the spot the cons own needed to be used for testing, so right. they couldn't use it anymore. Um, so yeah, if, if either they don't need to use that place for testing any longer, or they're willing to, to go somewhere else, I mean, they're they're making it very clear they're doing a pay per view. I mean, like yeah. they're they're yes. doing an event Memorial Day weekend. It's just going to be with nobody in attendance. So. I'm what? just saying I don't think they're in a position to sign contracts. No, they're not work. going to be taking, you know, they're not going to, 10 of these guys aren't going to show up on AEW in the next two months. Right. Where, whereas if this were normal operations, at least three of these guys would be there tomorrow or whenever they would be allowed to. <laughs> Either there or elsewhere, yes. Correct. And look, it might be that, you know, the cons or TNT is in a place where they say we'll take um, some financial risk at the moment. Because we want to stay invested and we want to show investment and we want to get ahead of the curve on some competition, but sure. it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to do that, and it certainly won't be for all of them. I mean, like it it might be that they I ID somebody and say, hey, before they run back to Japan or get heavy into negotiations, let's take a risk to get them on TV. For nothing more than we want people to buy the May pay-per-view, and if we, if there's felt like there's more of a tease that these people might show up, maybe that gets us a few more buys and some actual revenue in the process. I mean, WWE obviously believes that um, debuts are important right now, uh, so. well, or or that they're necessary. <laughs> One or the other. Right. Right. Um, uh, anybody else that we wanted to touch on from this list? I mean, the last two people on the list were Primo and Epico. 
Uh, which, and then, and then you know, there was a couple. There were a couple of NXT. That's a house show guy. Well, yeah. they're they're the house show guy, and we. It was the relationship with WWC. That's what that was about, as much as anything. Now this list doesn't have all the all the the NXT people, which were just a couple. It was like Deanna Perrazzo yeah. and Dan Matha. Yeah. Dan Matha, and then a couple people that hadn't debuted on TV yet. Right. And then there was, um, you know, a whole litany of producers. Uh, all, all of people that everyone's heard and, of, like and, Billy Kidman but, and Finley, but and for the most part, those were furloughs. Those weren't. Yeah, yeah it's assumed they'll be back. Correct. Right. Correct. Which still sucks. Like furloughs aren't fun yeah. either. But, um, but I mean, they're all reacting on social media like they got fired. Um, I've had such great years in WWE. Thanks for all the I, memories. I, think, well, I mean, that's what Finley think, said on Twitter. But I think Twitter. part of that is speaking right. to the unknown, right? Like, I yeah, well, I, right. Like, like it's not a given that everyone's right. going to get their job back. Correct. I mean, I think the ideal situation they will, but correct. All right. Um, so this was fun. <laughs> this first hour of the show. What a fun first hour. Did Did we want to really quickly talk about revival before we go to break? Yeah, sure. Yes. Absolutely. Um, obviously this one doesn't have anything to do with, or at least not directly to do with these cuts, but you know, we know they haven't been happy for a while. They've been openly making that clear. There's a reason they've been off TV besides simple injury. And, um, again, if it was normal times, they'd be in AEW immediately. We know the young bucks for what, three years now have been openly campaigning for a match with them. But, um, again, you know, it just goes back to what you said. How did they not hit on the revival? Well, and it, it, it's a litany of lists. This this one, somehow to me, is different than, like, this, the Rusev conversation. This is the most obvious one. Well, one. I mean, it's, 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 there's a very obvious reason why. Is they don't give a shit about tag teams. Well, yeah, but that, that's, but, and that's, that's what I'm saying. To me, this is completely different than the conversation we had about Rusev. This is yes. more about the, the bigger picture problem there is right now with tag teams. And, again... You know, that being said, the Usos are amazing. And, you know, New Day, it's not technically a tag team, but has been used that way and has been great. Um, you know, they, they've made a couple tag teams that really worked for a minute, right? Like, Sheamus and Cesaro were a great fucking tag team for a yeah, minute. Yeah, they were. Um, but there's a bigger tag team problem that has existed, and it's translated. It started with the fact that you're making 100 billion wonderful tag teams in NXT, and none of them are working at the next level. And you're you're just there is no investment there's no thought process that it matters there's no concept that tag team wrestling is something that we should give a shit about um it's a bummer i don't know i can't possibly explain it i can't understand it um maybe they've got some metric that says hey look frankly it just doesn't do all that great for us it's not a business a part of the business that matters i struggle with that because then why do you have it in NXT if it doesn't, you know? Well, but that's, that's supposed know, to prepare you. It's a left-hand, right-hand problem. Again, it might say something about why it is that NXT, frankly, has largely given up on tag team wrestling in the last six months. Like, let's just be straight about it. They did a tag team tournament where they had, what, one legitimate NXT tag team involved? To be fair, that was what they had done with Dusty, the but Dusty Classic not, for a while. Not now. where it was one of eight. Not one of eight, Aaron. This yeah, was legitimately. Was the, this was the particularly. They had one legit NXT tag team involved in their Dusty Cup. Now they had a they had a legitimate NXT UK tag team. They had two and legit NXT UK tag teams. They had one legit NXT tag team involved in their their cup. That's a that's a problem. <laughs> like that ain't a great sign. Um, this is this is staggering. So um, maybe that's where they're getting to is where they're just saying, hey, look. Nobody gives a fuck about tag teams anymore, or it's not working, so we're not going to try it any longer. 
Sucks. Hey, so at least we know that the Forgotten Sons have a bright future. Ah, gonna go, gonna go quite well now that they're <laughs> on the main roster. All right, uh, when we come back in, we will talk about the week that was. Uh, you might notice that we're doing the show on uh, Thursday this week because Aaron had the brilliant idea that we should talk about the Wednesday shows since we're living in a world where there are no days anymore. Uh, fuck you, Aaron, because in the past it was a problem for me to watch three hours of Raw before I did the show on Tuesday. Then I had to watch four, you asshole. Well, hey, good good thing we got uh, all of this uh, to include. Would it be, would would it be well. six? Uh, no, no, it's that I had to watch four the, in, the, in the span of a night. Like oh, that God. you that you know I, I well, can't I can't. Here's wait. the nice thing: you're not watching anything else. Well, that is true. There is no sports to compete with. So we'll come back in. We'll talk about the week that was in programming next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. He's Brandon. This is Jobbing Out. Sliders Bar and Grill is now operating with a full carryout menu. Eat just like you're out for lunch or dinner. Call Sliders at 410-547-8891. You can also see the full menu at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars, now with a full carryout menu, slidersbaltimore.com. Back in here for segment number two of Jobbing Out. Glenn, Aaron, and Brandon this week. Gabbing, if you will. Ha! You see what I did there? I'm brilliant um, about wrestling. All right, so uh, some things from this past week that we can we can touch on. Yes, Brandon, you alluded to. Boy, there's been an awful lot of debuts. <laughs> That's all we're doing, <laughs> and and we're still in that weird world where we don't really know what's been a debut in the last couple weeks versus what's been like something that had to happen given circumstances. I don't really know who the NXT tag team champions are at the moment. Um, I, it's, I mean, it, it is Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne officially. Timothy Thatcher did not accept it. Okay, but, but um, that's that's not how that was announced. It was announced. I, well, uh, they they made it clear afterwards yeah. that Timothy Thatcher gave the belts back gave the belt back to. Uh, Matt there's a couple unfortunate okay. announcing okay. situations this well, week. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the Shayna Baszler shit was. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened there. Um, yeah, that's, it's, look, there's been a lot of, of weird, right? There's been a lot of weird. Um, as far as the good is concerned from this week, I'm going to start with, um, well, I'll st- you know, look, recency bias, uh, Wednesday night. I thought that the, the, I, I don't think that Hager Moxley, I, I think they, it was a, almost in a way a victim. It was a really good match. The problem is it was hyped up as being... Like, oh, they they, they would they not went, shut up about this. They went way yeah. too far overboard because they're trying to cover for the fact that they had to film so much stuff ahead of time and they're 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 piecing it together. So they went way too far overboard and it almost lost you on what was really a good match. It was it was a very good match. It was It a, was one of those matches though that like Jake Hager shouldn't be wrestling thirty five minute matches. I don't no. dis- I don't disagree with that, and I think it was a bad way ultimately for him to take his first loss. Um but like you know, I guess maybe it goes into the world of what is Jake Hager in AEW? You know what I mean? Like, is is he really a monster heel for a long time? Or is he a guy that's going to be ducking out, you know, here and there because he's worried about MMA fights? And well, then, that that's what it's going to be, I think. Well, but, I think it's going to be a guy that's ducking out here and, and there. If, and if that's the case, then it's not the end of the world that you would lose this way. If he's supposed to be a monster and a top star, then I didn't think this was a good moment for him. But that being said... But they hype this up more than, like, their pay-per-view matches. Well, but, but out of necessity because of how they had to do things. Like, because... I, I, like, I have some sympathy for them when you have to tape eight weeks of shit with, like, half of your roster available to you, you're going to have to do some other things yeah. during the course of programming. 
Um, so they, give, give me more of the bubbly bunch. Then. Yeah, give me more of that. <laughs> sure, I'm give, on board. Give, give me five, 10 minutes less of this, 10 minutes more of the bubbly bunch. I'm on board with that. I thought it was a good match. I am. I was jerking off about how well they pulled off the Killer Cross thing at the end of NXT. Yeah, that was I mean, un- that's one of the best things I've seen them do. Beautiful beautiful how they did and it that. goes back to like we were talking about how i i sent you guys that screenshot and i was like what the fuck was this from last well, week it, it's scarlet <laughs> it, well and aaron was like that's scarlet and i was like oh shit and then you see the feet next to him uh this week when he attacks Ch- champa dude it, before they showed anything i thought he was stabbing him <laughs> it kind of sounded like a horror movie when, when someone stabs someone and it's like off camera you can't really see what's going on. It was like the 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 motion and the noise was scary. <laughs> do you do you believe that this forces their hand that Gargano has to be on SmackDown tomorrow night? Yes. I would say I would say yes because I I really think that after that match you have to separate them. I will say this that the fact that they included Candice, the fact that they very clearly did, you know, they're saying yeah. now that was the last match, but they very clearly booked that match in a way that that was not going to be the last match, that you now have Champa very clearly in another feud. That you do it at WrestleMania once. That, that on you, the can, yeah. you can, as long as you make it, keep them far away from each other on NXT, which is tricky. And that's the reason. That to me is the yeah. reason why it, this can't work. It, you but then, but then I wouldn't have booked the way they booked. I that disagree because I'm going to go back to what Brandon said. You can always do this again. Let's let, the direct comparison, of course, being Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, right? Like, right, right. You can revitalize a rivalry at the next level. They're really shitty at it, but you can do it and do it quite well, frankly. And so I have no real beef with the idea of, hey, we need to do this now. We need to separate the two of them. Let's immediately put Ciampa into something else. Let's immediately move Gargano on and, and, and go a different route with him. But we believe that planted there that we can always go back to it down the road. Um, it's always open-ended enough that people would want it. it, it do I have the faith that they'll There's do it? There's one other... Well, but Sorry, wait, what do you do with Candice, though? Are, are you bringing Candice with? Because yeah, you, you very clearly, you're changing Candice's character because of that. Are you then leaving her in NXT? Well, yeah, that's think, a little I, awkward. I, there's nothing keeping No, I, I, there's no, I wouldn't leave well, her. Well, there's okay. nothing keeping yeah. her there. Why okay. would you leave her in NXT? I mean, I... I you I, don't I, have to, though. No, I don't think there's any reason to. I think you absolutely right. move Candice. Okay, as long, as long as you're saying you're moving the two of them there. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Can, can I say there's... I think there's one other potential thing you could do. If they're not moving him to... Um, to SmackDown, and 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 I hate to, I hate using like off-screen knowledge to sort of make a case. But like in this case, I'm going to say, knowing what they have him do, which is like producing work for matches and things that evolve and things like that, I also could see a world in which Johnny Gargano is not on TV for a while, except for maybe like video packages, like bragging and him and candace like off like saying oh you know you know i'm the best i did i did it like you know picking on champa and things like that to come back once either they want to go back to champa or there's a face champion that he can 
go after. I mean, but I, I don't think there's any other reason to have him yeah. in NXT other than maybe that. I, I, I don't I don't want a world where we're ha- you know forcing Gargano off of TV yeah, where there's no house show, there's no evolve, yeah, there's no anything to do. That's a hor- horrendous idea to me. And I, yeah, I would I would I would compound that. I can see with... them doing something like to, you know, like like um. It's sort of like AEW is doing with Jericho right now in a way. I mean, he's there, but he's like kind of more in video packages or video Gargano's interviews. Gargano's not Jericho. No, you, I'm could just make, saying... you, you could make the case that the best thing Jericho does is these videos, and that enhances it. You can't make that case for Johnny Gargano. Well, we haven't seen them yet. We don't know what this character is. Like, we don't know. But he's the best in the world at and... wrestling right now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know if they should or whatever. I, think, I'm I, think saying, I can very, see a I world in silly. which they want to pause him for a little bit I mean, and I, get him to whenever Velveteen Dream wins the title, because there's a story to tell there with Gargano and Dream in the past. You know where he could want to to get back at him. I mean, I. I hear you. I just, I, I don't. See- I think I, I really think they should move him to SmackDown. Yeah, I, I'm just I, saying if they don't. Or, if it's, or if it's raw next week, whatever it is. I think the other problem too is that, frankly, I don't, I don't know how long Gargano can be a heel when he's not directly in opposition of Champa. Um, I, I think ultimately you're going to deal with the problem, which is that, like, the truth is, we all really like Johnny Gargano. Well, you can and, with Dream though, because he was the heel, he was the face in that feud. So. But that if would he require the Velveteen but, Dream. But, he could be the heel. But there's in that. so many levels. That you're, now you're requiring pulling Velveteen Dream away from what he's doing. No, 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 no. I'm saying no, no, if he's they saying put him like you have Dream win the title at the end of the month, and Gargano's right there is what he's Correct. saying. Right. Um, but here's here's the real problem there. Again, and it doesn't matter because there's no crowd right now. I don't know who the crowd's behind in that one. Yeah, I mean that really is an issue. Like it's an issue here. No, but what they're telling you, they're telling you that Dream is the face and that Gargano but, but, is the heel. But he's not really a face with what he's doing on TV. He's a face because everybody loves him. Like it's a it's a weird spot. But right? they're te- but they're telling you they want you to cheer for but him. But that's more awkward when there's no crowd there to immediately I'm, react to that. Okay, uh, but you get what I'm saying. He's re- being written as the face. Gargano is being written as a heel right now. Adam Cole is being written as a heel, even though the crowd cheers for him. I'm just saying the intention of the writing but is that's, but he's it's the been, heel. I was going to say, well, Ed, I think you're you're close. He's supposed to be written right. as a face. The way he's being written, questionable. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. What yeah, I, they no, think I, he's I know, but face. I just I want to make this clear right now. And look, that I, one of the problems with all this is that... Did you see really, what he put on Twitter, by the way? About yes. Finn Balor? Like Dream's Twitter is problematic for a face. <laughs> I mean, you guys get it, right? I don't. I don't even know. I didn't even see it. So I'm. I'm look not. up his Twitter right now. All right, all right. Keep talking so we don't come to a screeching halt. It's the five things that uh, Finn Balor is regrets. Is that what it is? Is five regrets? And one of them is Has fucking no crazy. Uh, how far? How long ago was it? Yesterday, yeah, he he's he deletes his tweets every. Uh, oh, out. did he delete it? No, that one's still there. Top five things Finn Balor wishes he has no memory of. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And there, there were some things he did last week. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but I saw it. I was just like, oh no, don't go there. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Hey, man, it's what it is. Uh, look, dude, I, there, the, one of the things I would say is that maybe there's a world in which none of this really matters, and that in the, in the, empty, uh, in the empty arena era, you're just not going to be able to portray faces and heels quite as much, and at some point we just have to accept that wrestling's wrestling, yeah. right? Like, and, and, you don't and you don't have to because you don't have that immediate response. Or they can very clearly portray it because they don't have to worry about the crowd changing it. Right. Maybe but they're not so, doing but that. They're not, right. That's part of the problem. They're not doing that. Um, I, I'll, I'll just go back to it. I think the smartest thing is to move Johnny away from it for now. And I also think yes. that at that point, you can also allow him in their world, when you separate him from NXT, you can allow him to kind of become a face again and and think about where it is that you want to go with that if you ever do get back to Chomp. I mean, I think you have to insert him into the Daniel Bryan thing. It would make a lot of sense. It would make I, I, I don't sense. know what else you do with him that can make an impact on on SmackDown. Now, if we're talking about Raw, that's a whole other bag of, you know, who knows on Raw. But, like, on SmackDown, I think there's a very clear place for him. Uh, you've got two guys on one side, and you've got three guys on the other side. No, that it, would make a lot of sense. It, 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 but, I mean, that's just the problem with that, and it's probably not a problem to them, and it's probably not a problem in reality, but that... You just did this bit, and then you're going to push him as super face. Yeah, again, it doesn't oh, matter no, because they I don't, don't like but, that part of it. No, but that. they've always like, done they, this. They, they don't. They don't care about it. But, so, and, but that's not new. They've we, never. They've never been concerned about what you were on NXT being, right, being exactly. forced. To, that's well, plus, there's no on. world in which him going into NXT or SmackDown as a heel is going to work for him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, right. I, I, and, yeah. and that's why I'm saying I have a slight problem with him leaving NXT that way. But it's a problem that they've never cared about so well and and i think they've made it i've actually think they've told the story that it, from nxt to another show is not the same <laughs> like what right. you that you're you're not the same person from show to show now they've they've you know blurred those lines a few times but for the most part they've made that abundantly clear wait can uh, i give you the number one example of that who's that Chompa and gargana yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Remember they went on the raw and they were buddies yep yeah yep while they <laughs> yep. were feuding <laughs> and, they were, and this was in the middle of like they were gonna fight at takeover yep well true. don't forget they did they were that was when they were in the dark tag stage like they were they were the unholy alliance when they were both heels and they were yeah just but perfect. it was completely different on oh yeah no it was raw a completely than, different character yeah 100%. like on, on nxt they played that on raw they just came out yeah. like smiling and stuff exactly yeah. Um, so on Raw and SmackDown, we immediately pivot towards big, um, title pictures. We immediately get the pivot to a legit top face versus top heel scenario, uh, coming out of WrestleMania as Seth Rollins becomes the target for Drew, which makes all the sense in the world. Seth Rollins. Well, especially when all your AJ Styles is dead and Randy Orton is convalescing somewhere so you have no top heels. The other way around, Drew is the target of Seth Rollins. Sure, fine. I mean, you say it however you want to say it. Yeah. Um, you know what I meant. Um, and then on the other side, you have now Bray Wyatt spinning back for Braun Strowman. Now, Aaron, you're you're mad about that because hey, he cares about the title now, but didn't care about the title before. I mean, I I no. Well, I we also said, said before cared. WrestleMania that if they gave him the title, that this is where this was going to go, yeah, right? I mean, I this was my always my problem with Braun Strowman is because I assumed that he was immediately losing the belt because I don't think you should. They better not be putting the fiend right back in this to lose. Um, <laughs> no. Well, there's and, two and this is this. and this is why I didn't want Braun to win it because I felt that oh crap they're giving it to him just to lose immediately. 
Um, and, I am, and then and then you're right back to the original problem you had with the fiend with having the title. Well, no, because now you have your very clear. They're they're going to go in my mind. They Roman. Yeah, you go back to where they were originally planning. But that was a problem. It was a problem at WrestleMania in front of a stadium of people. Yeah, it's not quite as much of a problem if you have to do it in front of nobody. That there's something to be said for it. Of course, we also don't really know when Roman might be back. Um, that too. That like, let's keep that in mind. Like this, if if the if the issue is his concerns based on his health and not he was pissed off about the John Morrison situation and how it was treated with the Usos, you know, the the risk is always going to be there for him until there's a vaccine. So. I, I don't know how quickly you can spin it back to Roman. I don't I don't know. And by the way, if that means nine months of the Fiend is champion until oh, Roman, fine right, with that. Right, that's fine. What I would say is that there's a bigger problem here, too, is that I, I don't know that you really want to have two face champions with long runs. Like, I don't know how that's good for anybody. Um, you're trying to figure out how to get more people to watch these shows. You've, you've gotten past the idea of we're the only game in town, so people are going to watch. Well, people are saying, no, that's not the case. Uh, we're not just going to watch because you're the only game in town. And now there's the chance that some sports could also be injected into the picture down the road, and there's going to be competition again, right? Even empty stadium sports. So one, it does make sense that you're immediately pivoting towards big, um, you know, storylines. That makes complete sense because you're trying to get people to watch. But two, is it really smart to have both of your champions be faces? My the part of the reason why I thought this made sense for for Bre- or for Braun was you ultimately have him turn heel um that that i i never saw a brawn face long run as being smart but is the way that you can go about having him turn heel in the process that helps you yes does it seem most likely that they pivot back to bray i guess but at the same time they didn't give a shit about him losing the first time so why are they gonna give a shit about him losing now well then that's a bigger problem if you're saying you don't care about the fiend losing, that's a problem right there. You say that, but they've already given you your answer. Okay, that's fine then. Then we're we're we're, we're running in a world where the fiend doesn't matter, and that's a problem. But that's I, a problem. I struggle with that specifically on the, the notion that like one loss means he doesn't matter. I do struggle. It's not with that. one loss, right? It's really the last two matches he had because the fever dream wasn't really a match. So basically, you're giving him back-to-back losses. No, you have to count that. You can choose not to, but they—they're counting it. That I mean, that—that—that that, that was done to give him more heat. I'll say that if if the fiend walks in and loses, I think that's a problem for the fiend. Um, Do we think this is happening at Money in the Bank? I mean, I don't know why. I, I have no reason to believe why, otherwise. Why? Why have that if you're not doing it there? Like. So, what, I mean, we also have to remember that there also is money in the bank match. So, like, that could help rectify the two. Someone uh, cashes in mid, mid-match, mid so neither that neither one right. really takes the clean one. Sure, if you do it that way. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not great for Braun. I mean, that wasn't the point. I, the point yeah. I was trying to make was that could change, that could shake up the two-face champion thing. Like, even if... Even if you go in saying, okay, these guys are retaining, then you've got the wild card of of whoever wins that match that could shake that up. I well, I hear you. I think that I I I think it makes more sense to have if you're gonna have one of these two guys be a long term face champion, Drew makes more sense of the two guys, right? Like yeah. he's a more natural Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. 
Um, not close. Yeah. I I just don't think I I think Braun has to be a heel again at some point. I mean, I, I just that's the way I felt. I felt like he has needs to be a heel again at some point. That there's only so much that you can get out. If if you're just trying to keep him as a babyface because kids are into him, then you might as well take the title. Well, right what back if off. what if again going back to the we can play around with you know faces and heels because we don't have a crowd right. reacting. The the fiend can be a heel. That you. I mean, the fiend's supposed to be a heel. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If we're talking about you know the the dynamics, the writing right. dynamics here, you can very easily you have the fiend win. <laughs> You have Braun Chase again. There's your dynamic right, right there. And, and I'm fine with that, frankly. I'm totally fine with that if that's the way you're going to do it. I just don't think Braun can be a long-term face champion. I don't think that there's anything. I If what you're telling me is the option is either he's going to drop the belt quickly or he's going to try to be a face champion for a really long time, I think we're going to get tired of that pretty quickly. Um, there's just not – there's no underdog story. There's no – there's nothing there – that makes him a relatable face champion. He doesn't appear to be caring about doing right by anybody else and like, you know, hey, uh, while I'm the champion, things are going to be, you know, happening a different way around. Like, there's just nothing that's embraceable about him as a longtime face champion to me. So I'd be good with your scenario. He loses and now he's chasing for a little while. That works for me. I'm, I'm on board with that, especially with not, without having the crowd there. You can absolutely continue to paint Bray as, as a true heel instead of having to worry about the fact that everybody loves him. I'm utterly fine with that. I, I think, you know, considering which pay-per-view this is or which event or whatever we're calling this empty arena special event, considering that it's money in the bank, I think it's very, very, very likely that you have a heel win money in the bank, that the Braun match ends up in some kind of whatever that ends up with Braun destroyed as the champion and the heel comes out and cashes in on him. That's possible. I mean, I, I have no think problems with that. I think Although that's they... your most likely scenario because I think hopefully they learn their lesson ab- about the, the fiend and the belt and making sure that that's more well thought out. Um, right. I, I, and I... I think I, what you I could s- have him kind of like get disqualified or something and murder Braun, but then somebody else comes in and take. I, I agree with you though. I don't see a world in which we're having Braun hold the belt for into SummerSlam. Specifically to me as a face, like I think if he was a heel, we could talk about it. But as a face, I don't see that. Um, but but then even like let's take it a step further. Okay, let's say he is, and we. And I'm not, and Roman isn't. You're not allowed to say Roman. Who's the person? Right, in order to make if he's going to be there a is heel, no one. Right, there's no be, one. Well, I mean Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. I mean, you can always go back to Daniel Bryan. Let's not kid that's ourselves. That's the one. You can that's, absolutely one hundred percent always go back to Dan, Daniel Bryan, or you can do something bold, right? Like again, in this world where there's not going to be a crowd, you could take a chance on something. Um, or you can bring someone over from Raw or NXT. You know, with this, this is the superstar shakeup time. At any point, right. there can be leftover draft picks. Aaron, I don't know what you're. Go. I don't know what you're talking about. You yeah. cannot put Oscar on both shows. Yeah, I don't oh know. wait. <laughs> um, no, um, there's Asuka a million. Definitely wrestles there's a million things you can do I, if if you want to bring up Johnny Gargano and make him the face. Now, I have no the fuck idea how you're selling Johnny Gargano versus Braun Strowman, but I'd be up for it. If oh, the you, same way you sold Daniel Bryan. Versus yeah, right. I was gonna up, say there's I'd not that big a difference. Yeah, same Daniel person, <laughs> except for the fact that Daniel Bryan has already accomplished so much that like it sort of erodes away at the you know David versus Goliath thing. Um, you know, I, there's a million things. There's a million things that are options in this Brock entire Lesner. process. 
you telling me that Brock Lesnar couldn't suddenly be on SmackDown in a couple? I mean, hey, he quits Raw. He's pissed. He's back right. on SmackDown. Right. Although, I mean, he's. I, I don't think you can make Brock Lesnar a face again with no crowd, but it's what it is. Um. So yeah, look, I'm not surprised by the big. What What else from this week jumped out at you guys? Oh, from the show. Okay, so my notes are about stuff that aren't on the show. So we'll we'll wait for that or NXT stuff. Um. Ron SmackDown. I mean, we saw Bianca Belair debut, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I like Bianca Belair, so yeah, I'm. Just, yep, it's dope. Cool. I kind of don't know how I feel about her being with the Street Profits, but whatever. It's, it's, lo- it's logical right now when you have, and I think the the other big storyline thing is just the kind of the official formation of. Los yeah, Gobernables or whatever you want to call them right now. I like uh, that group. What's that? I like it. What do you guys think? I think, I mean, especially for right now when you just need a series of matches going on, it's exactly what they need right now. Especially with the thing with Seth because of it's Razor who's hurt right now, right? What's up with Buddy Murphy? Murphy's still there. He's Where next, is he? Well, he's competing next week in a Money in the Bank uh, oh, it's, okay, it's, but he has been gone. Yeah, he's been gone, and, and off, AOP's out of the picture, so if you're going to pivot, okay, we need a heel stable now, this works. We'll see how well it works, and we'll see how much they push them, but, um, you know, Zelina Vega as a modern-day Bobby Heenan, as far as, like, getting a group together and going after people, cool. Yeah, I like it. I mean, yes, I'm on board. <laughs> like, there's nothing not to like about it. It is interesting that all these factions are starting to sort of come together. You know, you've got the artists, you've got Zelina's group, you've got, you know, people at NXT. It's because it makes things so much easier from a just, oh man, we need to put shows together to be able to say, all right, we can do two or three of these types of matches in a row. We can have one person go, then immediately the next person goes, then immediately the next person goes after that. It just works from a structure standpoint better. I had to laugh when they did that on Raw. What, what was the, the segment on Raw that took up like the whole... Half? Oh, well, it, it was the first <laughs> we're going to do one of the Street Profits against one of... Uh, against Angel Garza. Then it's no, was, going... Didn't it start out as a title match? Or whatever, yeah. First it was a title match. A then it title was match, a right? Then it was a singles women's match. And then it was a six-person match or whatever it was. Yeah, it was... First it was Andrade versus... Um... Whoever it was, and then that turned into Zelina versus God. Who was it? Why can't I think? Remember, it was Bianca. Oh, Zelina versus Bianca, right? And it yeah, was and then really the good person. match, by the way. Um, and then that turned into the sixth person, right? Right, yeah. that's right. That was her debut, right? Uh, her official match, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, um, for whatever reason, the Forgotten Sons are on SmackDown. All right. <laughs> I mean... Wait. <laughs> Wait, who was I, the I, one I re- that got traded for the draft picks or whatever? That was my favorite bit of the last couple of weeks of shows. It was well, Apollo. Apollo Cruz was the one who showed up, and it was like, oh, well, we <laughs> had a lot. Well, and to- had an insane match, by the way. Again, Apollo Cruz can go. We've been saying that forever. Was it him and Aleister Black? Yeah, was that the 30-minute match? Yeah, sounds right. It was unbelievable. Well, yes, it, Apollo Cruz can go. He's it, always could go. It feels like they're finally going to at least give him something. Uh, I have to assume that they're going to have him defeat MVP. They fucking right, right. better have him defeat MVP. 
Um, <laughs> which at least I'm not suggesting they're gonna have him win Money in the Bank, but at least they're at least they're acknowledging he's a thing. Which is can I, can I he, pitch something that I think should happen? I think MVP should come out and say that he's his manager, and that there's no match, and that Apollo Cruz wins, and that's well, that he. He goes instead of, instead of that. I would like a yeah. Apollo Cruz wins and MVP starts campaigning to be his manager yeah, because I'd he beat MVP. I prefer that. I I think Apollo needs to do. Either something. way, I think putting him with MVP could be a value. I agree with that. That part I'm wholly on board with. I just think, however, that, they do it. I think I think, I think it's that's too... what could result from this match because it's very bizarre that they have MVP in this match. Um, it's a weird bit. It's a, yeah. it's a really it's weird a super bit. weird bit. But I'm I'm on board for having MVP work with Apollo. I just think that you need to give Apollo a win first because he's still, you know, doesn't. Let's have, talk about Money in the Bank. The qualifying matches are um, Mysterio versus Buddy Murphy, which signed me up for that. Holy shit! Yep. Uh, Alistair Black and Austin Theory, which could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And Apollo versus MVP. Now, I think that there's a. I mean, I, I, I honestly, Ray Mysterio and, Buddy, and Murphy, either guy could. I mean, you could put either guy in the match, right? Sure. I mean, my gut feeling is you should put Murphy in this match. You should put Murphy, but because it's Ray, because you want a big name in that match, especially if you're putting Apollo in it, you want a big name to balance that out. You could see it being Ray. And then Alistair Black could go either way. Because I know they like Austin Theory, they could have that match so, and so that whoever. Alistair Black's feud is going to be with interrupts it, or Alistair Black just wins. Yeah, if you want to tell me that uh, Andrade ends up yeah. costing Alistair and you're getting Alistair probably going yeah. over Andrade at Money in the Bank for the title, sure. Yes. But that's the only way he can. You, you can't just have Austin Theory beat him. That, that can't happen. But, um, but yeah, I'd like to see. I, I mean, I, you guys. I, I'm not so sure that you couldn't come out of this with Alistair Black as the champion. If if he put the, if they put him in this match and he wins, well, do we, we do we know anything about the SmackDown side of this yet? No, I think they're announcing everything tomorrow. Um, the the thing though, I mean, the problem with Alistair is simply we gotta that, put Sheamus in one of these matches, right? Well, I'm, I'm these... always of the opinion that with rare exception, you should have a heel win Money in the Bank, and that's the problem with Alistair. Not that he couldn't be a heel, but it doesn't quite. The only fit. good thing about Alistair being in it is that he could kick someone and win. I mean, like, because I do like people that have like an RKO type finisher being money in the bank. Um, but the idea of him like, sn- you know, racing down the ramp doesn't quite work. But you know what I mean? I like the idea of like him or Randy Orton or someone right. like that having it because it doesn't. Ha- you don't have to have the guy like beat to shit for them to win. They could just right. come out and kick him in the face or whatever. Like, yeah, they could surprise I just, them, but like they don't have to have quite, eighteen people beat the guy up first, which understood. is usually, you know. I just don't know if the the briefcase specifically works for Alistair. You can make it work, but it, it's trickier. I mean, I I don't know. I I think it can work. I think it can work. I think that. I, I get that he's supposed to be dark and edgy and the whole deal. Like I understand that, but I I actually think you could figure out a way to make that work. I don't I don't think that's as crazy. Um, it's not as clean as it's been in certain circumstances, but 
you know, we've talked about this a million times. Are you just going with true heels forever to hold the briefcase? I mean, is that all you're ever I, doing? I have no problem with that unless you have special circumstances. You you're doing it for to promote a special but, event. But, you're, but what you're doing? Well, the other thing that, I like it. I like I like when a face wins and they use it to turn him heel. Like they did a really sure. good job with that CM Punk the one year. Yes. Like, yes. I, um, but I also think that it can be done in a way that like there's a face way of doing this. We've talked about this before. You can. The face way is to, to cash in and announce the match you're going to be in or something along those lines. Right. But that but to me that takes away the money in the bank as a plot device. I mean I, I, I really enjoy the money in the bank briefcase as a plot device and okay, you take but, away that but, by but doing it, that. We, but we do have one other money it, in the bank qualifying match. It's Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro. Okay, so we do know one of the SmackDown matches. Okay. Um, but I the Seth Rollins is the way that you still accomplish it, right? Like and I'm not saying you always do it at WrestleMania, but Injecting yourself into a match as it's happening, or is great, yeah, is yeah. it doesn't make you a heel. Um, sure, you're not. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't do it purely like Seth Rollins, but if you did it at the beginning of a match, yes, correct. Yeah, correct. Okay. Um, I, I just don't mm-hmm. think I don't, I think it's a problem if you only eternally give it to heels. I really do because then it's it, it takes away the sting of that night and there being six people that could win Money in the Bank. If if eternally it's nothing but heels, then you walk into the match, you say, oh, well, it's going to be one of these two guys, and you just have four people in there. Like, Money in the Bank has become the third or fourth best pay-per-view of the year because of the, the circumstances, because of what it means. And part of that is the idea that any of these guys could possibly win the match. I just don't want to get to a point where the pattern suggests no, it can't be that any of these people are going to win the match. I love the idea that you go into the night saying there are six people that all are about to become uh, a future WWE champion. I, I always want that to be the case forever. Yeah, and, and I understand. I just think that I, I I truly love the Money in the Bank plot device, and I think that it, I'm not going to say it can never work for a face, but they haven't quite figured that out yet. And your way is probably the way to go. They just haven't had, you know, pre- pulled that trigger yet. The one thing, though, whoever does get it, I want at least, whether it's man or woman, hold it for a while. Because we haven't had someone no, hold and it I, for that's, a while. That's what I don't like while. about you know, what we were talking about earlier. I, I don't like the constant cashing it in the same night. Or so. I, I, do, yeah. I do like it being out there and it being another sort of character in programming. Right. On the uh, on the women's side, we've got Asuka versus Shayna versus Nia Jax versus the winner of Naomi or Dana Brooks and then two, or sorry, Dana Brooke. God, can't screw that up. And then two more um to be determined i mean all the three the you know the three matches yeah. on monday all made sense you know i i'm sure i would have loved to have seen Kyrie sane be involved but it's pretty clear they're pivoting, she's on her way out yes they're pivoting asuka away from um from the kabuki warriors and so yeah. it makes sense asuka with the briefcase is exactly what we want yes. yeah like that, that also, she is someone who's made for yes 100 yes. she's the ultimate wild card now it's going to be particularly really... her character recently. Yes, correct. I- even more so. Right, How about is... her skanking when uh, oh, yeah. I came out? Everything Teasing is... people. Everything's yeah. great. Everything's great. Asuka's uh, 100% in the, uh, MV- the, the empty arena era MVP conversation. Like, she's oh, been amazing. 100%. By the way, I, and I'm hoping that uh, we get Becky versus Ruby at the pay per view. I like oh. that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. All right, um, let's come back in. Let's talk some Howard Finkel. We haven't been able to do that Wait, yet. Wait, one morning. last thing. Quickly. There's one other big thing that happened this week we have to talk about. What? I've never been more sure right now. I've never been more sure that Rhonda's coming back than right oh, now. Oh, yeah, I was wondering if we were going to talk yeah. about this. She's, she's not immediately, but 100%. Those the were second worse. that they, ta- they said that to Shayna Baszler. Worse. 
<laughs> well, I mean, like, I was pretty sure, but then when they acknowledged it on TV, like, talking to Shayna, and then whenever they talked about it on WWE backstage on Tuesday, I was like, okay. Like, I was pretty sure these are works. They're, I mean, I, there was another one that right. came out while I'm, we were talking. I'm going to say two things. I'm not as certain as you are that it's completely a work. What I'm certain of is that they were pretty sure they were getting Ronda back anyway, and Ronda says a lot of dumb things a lot of times. I mean, like, Ronda's a more troubling human being than I think we've ever really wanted to do a full dive into. Um, like, like she's a full-on conspiracy theorist nut job. Right. Like, she's problematic. So I don't – I am not as convinced this is all 100% complete work versus all – really happy accident for them that it comes out they want to tie themselves to ronda rousey anyway because she is very famous and a big deal she says something stupid or whatever you want to call it you know whatever you want to say they tie themselves into it they know anyway that she was planning on coming back at some point that she was you know talking to them about doing another match so it's all very very pleasant okay let me read a tweet for you Good night, rowdy ones and jabroni marks without a life that don't know it'll work when you work a work and work yourself into a shoot, marks. I mean, I I hear you. I don't know that. that and is. there's a video of her punching a Hulk Hogan um, wrestling buddy and elbow dropping it on her bed. I, I, I hear you. I just don't know that this all di- directly means this is all planned. Every element of this. I, oh, I, I, don't, I, I don't, don't know if necessarily. No, I think here, they're just like, go I, talk a bunch of shit. Yeah, I was going to say, I, this is, I think, and again, this goes back to, don't forget what her promos were like leading up to WrestleMania was very yeah. much like, this is something that, you know, Paul Heyman worked with her for a while, and she knows how to get people riled up, so she might believe it, she might, this might not be planned between the two, but she knew an opportunity when she saw it. She's using hashtag kayfabe killer. I, I'm I'm not telling. I, this is very deliberate. <laughs> I I I'm gonna say. I think if this was all set up to begin with, she would have done this on something more high profile. Yeah. No. No. I don't. Again, I don't think it's a big setup. I think it's her I, seeing an opportunity I, and taking. I, right. I think it's all very. You know. Um. It's I, what's the term I'm looking for? A happy accident. You know what I'm trying to say? There's a fucking smart person word here. It's that serendipitous. I'm, it's very serendipitous. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I can't come up with serendipitous. Holy <laughs> shit! My brain is giving up on me. Um, I think it's all very serendipitous for them. I think that every element of this ties in together versus this being a strategy that was employed. I think if it was a strategy, it would have happened in an interview with Fox Sports. It would have happened in an interview with something that matters more than some random ass podcast who the fuck's I mean, podcast it was, it was it god damn nobody's it. listening to steve-o's <laughs> podcast i love steve-o how dare he's you besmirch the name of steve-o I, I love steve-o don't get me wrong he's great if this was all completely worked it would have happened somewhere more meaningful than steve-o's podcast with no disrespect but wouldn't the smart way to be like we know that the internet's going to pick up on anything that she says do it somewhere weird so it doesn't seem planned I don't think they. Yeah, I don't yeah, think they plan that. Much. Yeah, they, 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 you're giving them way too much credit for. Well, yeah, what if, she, what if they were much. just like, "Hey, do you have any appearances? Just start talking shit in every single one of them." But she's got a million appearances. She does fucking interviews all the time. They would have told her do it on one, you know, do it on the the, the something that's more in line with them than Stevo. Like yeah. they, there's no world in which they feel some obligation for Stevo yeah. to get more clicks out of this. 
Yeah, um, I, I don't think this is them. I think this is her, but I think it's her knowing that right, she's about to be working right, with them in right. the near-ish that's future. The, that's why yes. I think it's serendipitous. I think it's all very serendipitous that it happens this way, right? Like, she knows what she's doing with this, combined with the fact that they knew they were bringing her back. They want to tie themselves around Rhonda anyway. They want her well, to make right. a Well, right. If they weren't bringing her back, they would not have mentioned this on TV. Or they want to make sure that she comes back. Sure, but the they, way that they, that was let's not done with Shayna, let's not forget. I mean, they like did this, they, I'm, I'm almost convinced. Like, it's, okay, so on WWE backstage, CM Punk said something like, "Well, this is just so they can do the horsewomen versus horsewomen match." I'm almost convinced they're going to use this to turn Shayna face and fight Ronda because that's the way that played to me on on mm, Monday. I mean, that that would have to happen pretty quickly. Um, no, it wouldn't. You could play this off until. But why would you? Is that really from, want? Is yeah. that really how you want to use Ronda? Yeah, that that seems that it seems s- stupid. But what I would, if they want to do Shayna Ronda at SummerSlam? See, I don't think it's that soon. That's the I. When I say soon-ish, yeah. I mean oh, like I, I think it's you're going you're going to earliest. hear her do another interview three months from now right. and three months after that and building right. up to like WrestleMania. Right. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance, especially knowing it's not likely to be a crowd in the audience. You know what I mean? Now they might just say, "Hey, we have to. We've got to try to pop a number." Well, right. Number what, if there's no shows for a year, right. I mean, you're not going to wait till the, you're not going to wait a year. Well, I, I mean, I think they would. A hundred percent, I think they would because yeah. I don't. I, <laughs> no, I, think, I don't. They did WrestleMania. It, They're not going to wait. They did John Cena to an empty fucking building. But they had, they already, had already set that, that up. <laughs> that wasn't like a. But they also could have waited. I, I don't think. I don't think that. I, I think you underestimate the steadfastness of them to move forward with whatever the fuck they want to do. And yeah. I don't think they care if there's people in the building. I, I don't know. No, no, no. It's about television ratings. No, no, no. It's about. Why do you think there was ever a plan for SummerSlam though? It's huh? you're having two different conversations, Brett. If 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 the strategy. Once upon a time was Ronda to- came to them and said, "Here's a date I'm willing to do. It's it's SummerSlam right, this year." Right. And yeah, sure, 100. percent It's that. But the idea that they're going to suddenly turn around and say, well, "We've got to do this at SummerSlam," and just have her say, "Okay, I'll do that." No, no, no. I think this. I, I'm I'm coming from the standpoint of this was always happening at SummerSlam. I mean, right. I'm. St- I don't think that's the case. My gut is this is next WrestleMania. That well, that's what it should be. I, I mean. If Ron is willing to do it at SummerSlam, then yeah, sure, go ahead, do it at SummerSlam. No, um, it should be it should be WrestleMania. It it should be when there's a crowd. It should be all I, of that. I but think, like, I think they have should, a. What are we supposed to do in this circumstance? You know what I mean? Um, I, I could see this being one of their plans to keep relevant and, oh, I mean, and to it, it, keep she's, doing. If important she was things. willing to work SummerSlam, then a hundred percent, you absolutely still do it. I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm saying this from the Ronda side. I, I, I don't think the paycheck is available for SummerSlam. That's available for WrestleMania, and and maybe the paycheck that is available is enough to get her to work. You know, like that. It might be that whatever check they had for SummerSlam, there that's enough for her to work. But the they fired all these people to pay Ronda. Man, look, a lot of people. Put <laughs> I out, wouldn't put it past them at all. Look, the, I mean, there's been a lot made of the amount of uh, the, all these people cost versus what it costs them to have Bill Goldberg around for two shows. So, yeah. you know, like there is something to be said for that. But there's no like my gut is the paycheck that gets her there is the WrestleMania paycheck, which is always going to be more than a SummerSlam paycheck would be. But if she's willing to work for SummerSlam. Fuck yeah, absolutely do it. For or, or if it's you a multi-step get, paycheck that yeah. involves both. Right, correct. Get, get Gronk and Ronda together on uh, SummerSlam? Cool. 
Oh, Jesus. I mean, I don't necessarily mean together, but I mean, have them both no, on both the show. be there, right? Oh, well, yeah. I thought you meant like... Oh, no, 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 right. no. All right. That would uh, be a rough tactic. We're, we're going to go way over this week. I don't like that. Um, yeah. It's been a lot going on. We'll come back in. We'll we'll talk about Howard Finkel. We need to do that. Uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard's going to join us to share some thoughts and reflections on the life of the great Howard Finkel. That's next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. He's Brandon. This is Jobbing Out. Hey, Dad. Can we try one of those hoagie things? <sighs> Sorry, son. We aren't hoagie people what do you mean son we're royal farm sub people like my daddy was and his daddy before him like you and me and all the folks we know gee dad i never thought about it like that so you're saying hoagie people are aliens son they're aliens (laughs) royal farm subs are baltimore's best real fresh real fast royal farms and indeed, back in here on Chopping Out for segment number three, Glenn, Aaron, and Brandon, and obviously the entire professional wrestling world this week uh, is mourning the loss of an absolute icon in the business as uh, the great Howard Finkel has passed away. And joining us now to tell us a little bit more about Howard and uh, what he has meant to the entire industry as a man who has done literally everything in this business, and I, I mean literally everything he is Dr. Tom Pritchard, and he's with us here. Doctor, it's uh, it's Glenn and Aaron and Brandon. It's good to talk to you. We're sorry it's under these circumstances, but thank you for taking the time for us. Uh, you're very welcome, man. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of an unfortunate uh, uh, circumstance we find ourselves in, not only with the COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you call it, but, man, it's... it's uh, uh, it's always said when you lose somebody uh, who was not only a friend but a guy who meant so much uh, to so many in the wrestling business. And Howard Finkel is certainly um, an icon and a legend, and that's not something that you want to, I think, throw around. Those aren't words or descriptions you want to throw around lightly, but uh, if there ever was a legend or if there was an icon, uh, and you talk about a voice, talk about a, a, a distinct voice. Gordon Soley had it, and Howard Finkel definitely had it. So, yeah, sad day. Tom, can you put into words, can we, we, I remember us talking about this uh, a few months ago, about figures, uh, we were talking about Mean Gene then, obviously, but figures who weren't wrestlers that have had this type of impact on this business. Can you explain... Um, why it was that Howard Finkel fit so perfectly within this business and meant so much to so many. I believe it's because of Howard's personal touch with everyone he met. If if he met you for the first time and he saw you six months, even five years or six years down the road, he still remembered you, and, he, and it was always that uh, upbeat greeting that you would get from Howard, and he was always passionate. I've never seen Howard in a bad mood, and um, he loved the business. He was the first employee that Vince ever officially hired, and uh, that meant something to Vince, too, and it certainly meant something to Howard, and I think it was uh, just the impression he left on everybody that he met. And uh, whether it was at the office, I was fortunate enough to uh, uh, work in the office in Stanford for, gosh, I don't know how many years, but uh, from at least 96 to 2004. And uh, it was the attitude. It was just everything that um, uh, you would want uh, someone to be uh, as a person. It would would, uh, be Howard. He, He was 
when you say legend, I mean that that is kind of a uh, huge reputation or huge description to fill. But Howard filled it. Uh, whether he was uh, going to uh, announce at WrestleMania or Madison Square Garden or or uh, a smaller show, he he always did it with the same flair. He always did it with the same attitude. And uh, there there were guys like Freddie Blassie. There were guys like Mean Gene. There were guys like Gordon Soley. And I say Freddie Blassie because I I just remember I met Freddie Blassie when I was twenty years old in Los Angeles, and he was the same guy. Every time I, I I ran across his path, and so was Howard. Um, Gordon Soley, though, you know, was was a commentator on TV. Boyd Pierce was a a ring announcer in Houston and Louisiana, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not. He had a distinctive voice of it uh, for that era. But but Howard Finkel was was somebody who so many of the boys. Um, Wanted to have him announce their match. Wanted to have him be a part of their match, mm. and uh, because he was so special, because he he was an encyclopedia. He knew things um, and could verify things. If anybody had a, a dispute backstage about history or about what happened when, Howard knew it pretty much off the top of his head. And I think that that made him an icon. That made him a, a, a treasure, certainly in WWE. You know, you talked about the boys wanting him to somehow be part of the match, whether it's commentator or otherwise. The first time that he called out your name as you came down the aisle, what what did that mean to you? I again, it's just the the fact that it's Howard Finkel doing it. It meant everything, and um, those are those special moments for a lot of us who who grew up loving the business, um, appreciated and and respected. So. Uh, and I'm not alone in that. Uh, I think everyone who, who ever walked down the aisle of Madison Square Garden when Howard was the announcer uh, could could appreciate and certainly wanted to hear Howard Finkel introduce him. And um, I, I don't know if I can put it in words, but I know it meant a lot. And it meant a lot to me, and it meant a lot to... Uh, I, can, I think I'll go out on a limb here and say it meant a lot to everybody who, who worked Madison Square Garden. We're chatting with Dr. Tom Pritchard here on Jobbing Out, of course, about the loss of the great Howard Finkel. You know, you reference his voice, and look, you know, there's a lot of people that have had great voices, but my God, you, it's it's like I hear it in my mind all the time, right? Like, um, and, and I know that it, it's it's easy to say, hey, it's guy given, it's something along those lines, but boy, as voices go, it almost felt truly like the voice of God, didn't it? Ah, uh, well, if you want to go that that dramatic and that intense, possibly so. <laughs> but it was certainly it was certainly a booming voice, and Howard uh, uh, understood the entertainment value, and Howard, Howard um, understood getting the attention of people. So, um, and I think a lot of people mentioned it today on Twitter and Facebook, and said as soon as he announced, "Your winner and new." WWE Intercontinental Champion. You know, it was that that flair. It was that uh, pizzazz. It was a, a, a bit of the dramatic that he brought to it. And that's what professional wrestling slash sports entertainment is. It, it You should have a flair for the dramatic and, and uh, the entertainment side of it. And Howard knew uh, that he was 
uh, that distinctive voice of WWE, and he took great pride in it. And you could tell every, every time uh, Iowa saw him, you, you could tell he was proud uh, of what he'd done, and rightfully so. Do you have any favorite backstage stories about him or something you saw involving him or your conversations you had with him? Well, no, not necessarily uh, one one instance, except I, I do remember on a um, access match, and we wanted Howard to come out and, and, and be recognized, and he didn't want to do it. He said, like, I remember him saying over and over, no, I'm just, a, I'm just a brick in the wall. I'm just another brick in the wall. I don't want to come out. And he, he was... He was good in that sense. He didn't want any extra added uh, acknowledgement, I guess, is what you would say. But um, other than that, there's nothing that really stood out except every time you would talk to Howard, it was a great conversation. It was an enjoyable conversation because he was a wrestling fan through and through. And he could talk about anything uh, that was going on in the business or anything in the past. He, he, He was... Excuse me, pardon me. He was he was uh, knowledgeable about um, all the territories and and what was happening since the time he he became a wrestling fan, which I think was probably in the uh, late fifties, sixties, and all the way through up throughout. I guess he he also had a couple of matches. Well, of course, I think Harvey Whippleman <laughs> and. Uh, who else did he fight besides I remember Harvey? the Harvey Whippleman one. It was so brutal. Well, the, the, yeah. Wasn't he like teaming with the Bushwhackers at one point? I feel there was uh, a there was something where he it was like him and the Bushwhackers were a team. I'm sure they were. That was probably uh, in the beginning stages, and 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 he might have because the Bushwhackers were fun guys too. So uh, it, it would make perfect sense that he would be associated with them, and Vince would probably put him together, and and, and if nothing else, uh, for his own entertainment. But um, Howard knew how to entertain, uh, not only uh, with his uh, with his uh, verbiage. To, to introduce the guys, but he could entertain you backstage. And like I said, he never, never did I hear um, any negativity from Howard. And he, I've never seen him in a bad mood. And uh, it was a pleasure, uh, always a pleasure to be around him because he would always come up with something new, always come up with something. Uh, if I'd heard of something or, or just, just a – you he did you didn't have to have a conversation started with him he, he just he, he had it already no matter what it was he, he made you feel at home made you feel um uh like we're just gonna pick up where we left off uh he also gave us wrestlemania as a name which is amazing to think about in in, in the aura of of the great howard finkel um uh, tom one one thought you know you talk about what a, a kind person he was and look everybody likes a, a kind person right like in any but walk in the business in any part of the world kindness is a wonderful thing but particularly an industry that is known for being as cutthroat as professional wrestling is how much more significant was that when it came to relationships that here was someone that was so genuinely kind and thoughtful in a brutal, difficult business? Well, I, I think that Howard was in a position where um, he was, he would, he, he did a lot of things around the office. He did travel at one time. He, uh, 
he would he'd be a liaison between the boys and in office sometimes he could be uh someone you could confide in i guess is i know some of the guys who talk to howard too but um I, I think that it was just his natural personality that that radiated through, and uh, I don't know that <laughs> I, I don't know that uh, there was any reason not to um, enjoy Howard or praise Howard for his uh, personality and his ability to get along and make things run smooth. I mean, Vince needed people like Howard, and that's that's why he was. Uh, not only the first employee, but the longest tenured employee, I'm yeah. sure. Um, and, that, and that's why he stuck around so long, because Vince knew it was good to have uh, not not just someone like Howard, but Howard. I mean, you could have people who were uh, similar, but, but Howard was the original guy who, who not only was he a great ring announcer, but once again, he uh, he knew how to make you feel comfortable and uh with everybody so i think it was very very important especially in a in a business like this where it can be a stressful stressful time no matter when it is uh to have someone like howard that uh you know sometimes you get to the building or sometimes you get to a show and you and you want to wind down you want to relax and and howard was a perfect guy to uh come in with the conversation and um just talk Sometimes you need that. You just want to talk. You know, we, we talked about the the Whippleman match. You also had tuxedo matches against Tony Jimmel and a, a tuxedo uh, re, uh, dress match against Lillian. And he also was part of, you know, so many uh, segments that some people would consider embarrassing. And you talked about how he just wanted to entertain. And just what was it about him that allowed him to, to be the butt of so many of these jokes on screen and, and enjoy it in the process? Uh, he was a fan. And he knew what fans loved, too, because he loved it just as much. He, he loved being um, part of the show. He loved being part of the uh, the business. And, and he was a lifelong fan, and I don't think that ever left him. And uh, I, I believe that's what allowed him to enjoy himself. And and uh, he got it. He got he, he knew what his, his role was, and he, he did it willingly, lovingly, and uh, acceptingly. Um, so that was a huge, that, that was the big part of it. Uh, he still loved the business. He was, he was a fan. Uh, it, it showed. There's no question about that. Um, uh, Dr. Tom, once, since we have you, if I could, I think there's been a lot of talk recently about the difficulty of trying to work to empty buildings and, um, and obviously it's something that the guys and the gals have been having to do for weeks and they're going to have to keep doing for a long time coming, working to empty buildings. Can can you, you know, take me through what this is like? You know, obviously, when you're, when you're working on stuff, you're doing it in empty buildings, right? So, but can you take me through the difficulty of what everybody's going through trying to translate, um, you know, the stories they're telling and doing it in front of no one at all? I think it comes easier to some than it does for others. And what I mean by that is you have to go out and be authentic. You have to be genuine no matter where you are, no matter if it's a, a 80,000... Uh, fans cheering, yelling, booing, whatever, or or no fans at all, and and some guys are are adapting better than others. But I think you know we're going through unprecedented times. We're going through something that really uh, is a is a first for everybody. So uh, having an empty arena, I've I was telling this 
last week. You know, I had an MP Arena match uh, in Los Angeles when it first started, and it was uh, they couldn't have res- they couldn't have uh, just a plain commercial on TV for some reason. That was the excuse they gave us. Uh, so they had to have uh, two guys in the ring wrestling, and uh, we were going to have the rest of the crew on the outside of the ring as a lumberjacks. And they would, Jeff Walton would go around and ask each, everyone, yeah, what do you think about this view between the assassin and, and I was cowboy Tom back then. <laughs> and, uh, they would all say, oh, we can't wait to get these guys, let them finish their, their uh, feud or whatever they said. And then they talk about their match Friday night. Um, but you have to go out there and, and just approach it like it's, uh, a shoot. You have to think shoot, but work. And, I think it's a great exercise for these guys, but a lot of these guys have had wrestling matches in an empty arena when we had FCW, and I'm sure they did it with NXT. So um, it's it's one of those things that, just like in wrestling, um, things come up and you have to adapt, and, and the guys who can adapt are going to excel, and uh, I think you'll see that with some, and, and, and others you might... Uh, might see some struggle there, but uh, someone like Rhea Ripley um, uh, did the other day with Charlotte. You know, at WrestleMania, she's talking during the match, and, and it's, it's it's a it's a feeling thing, and it, you learn you, you learn how to adapt. And I think um, I've always said professional wrestlers are the best improv people around. Yeah, at least it used to be that way, and. Uh, I, I, I think uh, see a little unnerve the greener guys and, and uh, even some of the more experienced guys because they've never had to do it. They've never had to. But, uh, again, this is part of life. You have to adapt. And uh, I just I, I kind of always approached it as thinking it was a shoot but work. Some of them are really good at it. Some of them are unbelievably good at it. Some people are just naturally talented, obviously, and that goes yeah. into that. Um, uh, Dr. Tom, uh, is there something that we can plug for you? Uh, you want to get caught up on what it is that you're up to these days? Uh, you know, we, we still have the Jacobs Richard Wrestling Academy out there, and uh, we're not, we, we've had to shut down all the gyms here in, in, in the great state of Tennessee, thanks to our governor. But, um, uh, you know, for precautions, uh, sake obviously we don't want anybody getting sick and uh, so we, we still have it's Jacob or JP wrestling academy.com for those that don't know that Jacobs is a pretty um, significant person correct yeah, well we hope so <laughs> yeah. you know, Glenn Jacobs the uh, Knox County mayor That's and right. also known as Kane the big red machine uh, so yeah he's certainly a significant guy in the business i would think yeah I certainly hope notable but yeah we, we've got that going on um i've got a web or i've got a podcast also called taking you to school uh the link is on our website jpwrestlingacademy.com so i mean i'm uh doing stuff uh during the uh zombie apocalypse that we have going on right now but uh, we've got to wait until uh we get a little more clearer picture i guess on the situation before we can open our gym back up and uh, and, and get back cooking but other than that man I'm 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 staying uh staying up to date and uh trying to stay current that's great. Well, Dr. Tom, I, again, a, a difficult time to do it, but we really appreciate you taking the time for us, and we'd love to have you on again in the future to just talk shop at some point if you'd be up for it. 
Sports. Sounds great. Just give me a call. Very good. Thank you to Dr. Tom Pritchard. Appreciate him doing that. Um, look, I, I, it's, this isn't as personal, right, like as some things are when somebody passes away and you have some particular memory that, that means the most to you. I don't think that's the way that you feel about Howard Finkel. It's just he's such a part of the story. He's such a part of the furniture um, that, that he almost was ubiquitous in that way for a very long time for wrestling fans. And so, you know, obviously it's unbelievably sad, but um, as far as non-wrestlers go, he is in the upper echelon of most meaningful people in, in professional wrestling history. As you said, there's not one moment, but he was the guy, you know, all of us, I'm sure, have visualized walking down the ramp to, to a wrestling show and or visualized other people. And unless you're talking about Edge with Tony Chimmel, you always heard Fink's voice without question. He was the guy broadcasting it. So while there wasn't that moment, he was wrestling. He was wrestling. 100%. I mean, 100%, man. Um you know, uh, it's I I there was a lot made of the behind the scenes. He might have been a little disappointed about not getting as many opportunities in in the later years. Yeah. Um, and he would always, you know, speaking to his good nature and what we were just talking about with Dr. Tom, like, you know, he would never come out and publicly trash anyone. He would never do anything that wasn't good for the business um he cared so deeply about it and you know looking back lillian's great you know like she's always been great there have been other people that have been talented in this role you guys know how much i love justin roberts um nobody nobody has has held this role the way that howard finkel did there, there was no reason to ever take him off it would seem like one of those weird vince things like when he insisted Macho Man was retired from wrestling and should move into the commentary table right, right. when clearly Macho could still wrestle. Just one of those weird Vince things or, that or never the, really or, made sense. Or the type of thing that would make you say, we should have Michael Cole be our lead play-by-play voice instead of Jim Ross. You know, that type right. of thing. Where you're just like, you know, hey, I get the JR ain't perfect, but I, I don't know what it is that you see that the rest of us don't. Um, and that's with no offense to Michael Cole, who's totally fine. You know, like he's fine at what he does. Um, I don't know. I got nothing else. I, I got nothing else to say about it. Um, but what a what a run, what a career, uh, what a life for Howard Finkel. And um, you know, it's easy to forget sometimes, like that, that he came up with the term WrestleMania. Like that was his term. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. There's a reason you hear his voice. Yep, welcoming you to WrestleMania. No question. No question. All yeah. right. Um, anything else that we needed to cover this week? I feel like we. We touched on everything. We're not gonna. We're not gonna keep rehashing the essential employee thing. It's it's what it is, man. They were it always. They were always gonna be able to wrestle. That's that's the way it was always gonna play out. Um, Anything about AEW that we didn't that we wanted to talk about? No, nah, they're in a tough spot. I mean, it's, they're, it's it's, a tough you know, spot. they're in a tough spot. Actually, the, the only other thing I wanted to talk about. Was I do think about, there's a question. Uh, I do think there's a question for them, as it appears as though guidelines are being loosened. Where did they get back together at some point and say, I know we taped a lot of shit, but do we just try to figure out a way to go back to doing live shows? And do we just do this bag on everything we've recorded and say, it's clearly, you know, we're going to lose if we just keep running tape shows. 
there's going to be a, a natural attrition that comes from that. Um, you know, everybody's ratings are down at the moment, but there's. Well, why is that? Because the, there's nobody knows the results. No, it's not that they're out publicly. It's that we've once seen the quality of show, frankly, and how many bells and whistles they're putting in to try to, to make it better. It's they're, they're, How is it any different than the live one? Because their live shows would have their entire cast there for them to work with because their live shows would allow them to not have to do 30 minutes worth of hype for one match. I think, I think they're still going to have to do that stuff. Not if they have their full roster. Yeah, what, what are you talking about? I don't understand the difference. Why is there less people at a tape show than a live one? Because they were only able to get so many people to Georgia for one specific night. Oh, they because did all of their where tapings. it was. Got it. Because it, of where we well, yeah. You were saying taped versus live, not Georgia versus Florida. No, it's I mean, not those are two no, no, conversations. No. It doesn't matter he's what they just, say. If you do a live saying, show in Georgia, it's still going to be the same problem. No, but he no. was he was saying, we know who's there. We know we're not going to see Adam Page That's, for God knows you're, you're, how long because I, he wasn't there. You're making it quite clear. You're missing something, Brandon. I don't give a shit where they tape it. It has nothing to do with that. It's the fact that they had to tape everything over the span of two days. And they could only get so many people to that place for two days. And so we know who's there and who isn't there. If they have their entire roster available to them because they don't have to get them all to one place in a two-day span because they can say, hey, some of you can be here this week, some of you can be here next week, it's going to be a far better product, period. I don't know how that's debatable. I don't understand the difference of why everybody can't be there for a taped version. They've already taped them all. I still don't get it. They're already taped. They couldn't get them there. They had two days to coordinate everything. You're just talking about that specific show. It's six. It's seven weeks of these guys. It's every show until Memorial Day weekend. They have taped every show. You're talking about. The shows they already taped versus just scrapping them and putting everybody. That's on That's what new I'm one. saying. At some yes. point, do they say we get rid of all the shit that we've taped? even even if even if so, like in theory, even if they tape seven more shows, they could get everybody there for these seven versus the ones they already taped. Yes. Right. Okay. So May May first, some restrictions are lifted. They have four shows still in the can. Do they say let's not air these four shows? Let's do this and instead try to do live shows with our entire roster and get a better build for our pay per view Memorial Day weekend. And even if you can't do them live, at least you could get everybody there and tape four more. Whatever that it have is, everyone on or right. get them live. I mean, right again, yeah. if the restrictions are being lifted, it seems more and more likely that it's going to be something that you can do live. Um, and there's no reason why you wouldn't want to do it live at that point. Um, I, I think that's something they're going to have to deal with. I really do. I think they're going to have to think about that because it's painfully clear. These shows are fine. I'm not saying these are shit shows. They're fine. But they're not the same. And we all know who's not going to be there. And that's not good. <laughs> like That's not a good thing. You don't want it to be very obvious that, that you're going to be missing some of your top stars for every show for two months. Like... I love Sugar Dunkerton. But yeah, I mean, right. You don't like, you don't want those guys on the show every week, right? You're doing you're doing a lot of that. You're doing a lot of. Uh, that. Um, I thought Jericho was great on commentary. Oh, He's amazing. Was, My God, right? And by the way, Shivani is just he feels so much more comfortable just doing this as opposed yeah. to being part of the three man booth. I agree. The the two of them together. I mean, I think I think you could see a real career for Jericho doing this. Like as I mean, he can do whatever like, he wants. As he gets older, <laughs> right. he, he could be like the Macho Man. Sure. 
sure. role I mean, where he wrestles once a year I'm, or whatever, but does this as his main job. No debate. No debate about that at, at all. I mean, I don't I mean, even care if any of the other announcers come back. Like, give me this for the rest of Oh, and, and speaking of announcers not coming back, uh, go away, Lawler. Ooh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, not great. Not, not great. Not great. I got nothing else to say, but that's not great. It's just it's where we are. All right. Uh, what's what? What? Anybody want to plug something? Anybody at all? No, nothing. Oh, follow me on Twitter at yeah. the Aoster, at Brandon Linton, at Ramshead Live, at AJ Francis four one zero, at Glenn Clark Radio. I'm still doing shows. GlennClarkRadio.com. Fuck um, you, bro. I mean, it's not because <laughs> I'm literally doing the bare but the bare minimum of well, I'm do. still doing shows. Well, I would like people to listen to them, asshole. <laughs> I gotta do them. <laughs> I would prefer if I was doing them with an audience than doing them with nobody, if that's the way it goes. Uh, for now, anyway, until I have to stop doing shows. Um, all right. Uh, thanks again to Dr. Tom Pritchard for Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Jobbing out. <laughs>